Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. All of the action. All the latest news from the pits and paddock. Informed comment and analysis. There is only one authority on endurance racing. And one place to listen. RadioLeMans.com Round three of the Michelin GT3 Le Mans Cup uh, takes place here at Red Bull Ring in Austria on the just over four kilometre long track which has been resurfaced for the start of this year offers extra grip therefore for these ten cars that are about to take the start of the third race of the year my name's Johnny Palmer and joined by Graham Goodwin to my right editor of dailysportscar.com these cars really entertained during qualifying they might not be uh, a great deal of them Graham but nevertheless it kept us guessing to the very last moment in terms of who was going to get pole position in the end SMP Racing stamped their authority on the uh, on the qualifying session and possibly on the championship at the end of this race because they look very very strong in their new 488 Ferrari they do indeed it's the new turbo turbo v8 engine ferrari a very different aero as we'll see if we get a chance to see one of the older 458s a little later on the grid uh, but uh, the 488 coming from the road to le mans race points going round of course in the michelin gt3 le mans challenge uh, with maximum points from Le Mans. Wasn't in Imola, uh, so are on the chase. Uh, but yes, we might be looking at a very different point situation at the end of this race, Johnny. Interesting that the chance of rain is now up to 51%. I had a quick walk out of our studio, of our booth, a while ago, and uh, not a lot of temperature in the day. There are these threatening clouds that we've kind of had for much of this afternoon, but it feels like one of those days that we might see a bit of a shower before it is out, and that could present a problem for the teams in terms of which way to go uh, when they get to their stop, or possibly even before or after it. There may be the need to stop these cars more than once. The plan is that they stop after roughly an hour to hand over to their co-driver, we saw the bronze-rated drivers qualify the cars earlier on across a split session. It's a standard 15 minutes, followed by 15 minutes of Super Pole. And the bronze driver, really the onus is put on them to qualify the car well, but they don't necessarily have to start the race. For the lion's share of these cars, though, it will be the bronze at the wheel, the exception being the number 25 FF Corsa Ferrari, which will have Johnny Molum at the wheel, gold driver, and he'll hand to Ivor Dunbar, as I say, roughly half distance. Yep, Johnny Molan will be looking to make hay, if he possibly can, from towards the back of the grid, ninth position on the grid. Ivo Dunbar making some big strides in terms of his times coming down in the Ferrari 488, uh, but he's one of the less experienced gentleman drivers on this grid. We've got a quick look at uh, Sally Hillock there at the TF Sports. Aston Martin drove a really well-controlled race at Imola to take the win there uh, in a great battle with the Triple F racing McLaren. Uh, that car, the McLaren, uh, is on the front row alongside the Ferrari 488. And Gidea uh, Perfetti, Sally Yuluk, make up row two. A varied grid again. Ferrari, McLaren, Porsche, Aston Martin making up the first two rows. And it's going to be interesting, Johnny, to see how these very different cars perform on a track that really, I think, has thrown a bit of a curveball to a number of the teams that thought they knew the place. Uh, with the, the resurfacing here, the, 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 the track is not 
um, performing in the way that perhaps some of them expected. We have got the speed. Mm -hmm. in terms of Eduardo Freitas from Race Control. The minty fresh Porsche 911 GT3R, the number 88 car, Mentos Racing. And Mentos Racing uh, drivers are Egidio Perfetti, who did the qualifying, and Klaus Beckler, who is Austrian, so pleased, I'm sure, to be at his home race <laughs> and keen to perform when we were at Imola a couple of months ago now for the second round, well, sorry, the opening round of this championship. Klaus didn't get into the car because it was too, ha too heavily damaged after a first corner incident on the opening lap of a two-hour race. Egidio Perfetti going for an audacious manoeuvre around the outside of the BMS uh, Ferrari sadly it didn't come off for the Norwegian and the car more or less retired on the spot there's Thomas Fleur ready to take the start in his Ferrari Thomas was out qualifying earlier on today he has Francesco Castellacci as a team member as well a co-driver and that's another of the new Ferrari 488s at the AF Corsa stables um, disposal number 51 Ferrari and we have a new driver in the championship, Taiyu Aida. Double thumbs up from Taiyu there, keen to get going. Already been out on track to qualify the car, of course. And here is Johnny Molem at the wheel of the number 25 car. Yep, J-Mo. And J-Mo keen to get going as well for, well, a slightly longer stint, arguably, because you can put your pro driver in for a bit longer than the AM. So he might be one of the later ones to pit, and therefore... We'll get that uh, slightly strange scenario where we'll have a leader of a significant margin because all the other cars have pitted behind it and then it'll be their job, the pro driver's job, to try and catch Johnny, which by that point will have Ivor Dunbar at the wheel. And it's a relatively short lap here, of course. And the championship, by the way, coming into this third round of the season, sees Ewan Hankey and Sally Yollock at the top of the points, 37 for them. Adrian Quaife-Hobbs and Hiroshi Hamaguchi second in the championship on 36, but now we can say, of course, on, on 26 points, Alexei Basov and Victor Scheitel because of their pole position. Further messages coming from Eduardo Freitas as the countdown continues. The team's championship headed by TF Sport, again by just a point from Triple F Racing Team by ACM. So the 34 car and the 55, and then the 72 AF Corsa Ferrari, third in the championship, but starting from pole position. The green flag waves then at exactly flag three minutes. On the grid, start of the formation lap. Green flag on the grid, start of the formation lap. Exactly three minutes to the hour, which was the build time. And it'll therefore be a five o'clock start through till seven this evening. And a goodly portion of a crowd assembled in the grandstands on the approach to turn one and some on the exit of that bend as well. Ready to settle back and enjoy two hours of endurance racing. Round three of the Michelin GT3 Le Mans Cup. At this challenging circuit, now a Grand Prix venue, of course, back again it disappeared from the calendar for a little while it's the old Oosterreich ring it's been called the A1 ring in the past but now owned by energy drinks company Red Bull so Red Bull ring is its relatively new title and as I say the expensive job of resurfacing the whole of the track happened uh, through the winter period 
but fair to say it was a job that needed doing and I guess the, the circuit owners needed to bite the bullet and realise that uh, it was a big bill but nevertheless it was worth doing because that will uh, see the circuit continue on there for many many years here is a confirmation then of the five rows of this third round of the season we were due to have 1.12 cars then we hoped it was 11 but sadly another one of those uh, fell away so it is the 10 starters that we have for the Michelin GT3 Le Mans Cup Alexi Basov in the number 72 car starting from pole position alongside Hiroshi Hamaguchi in the 55 McLaren 650S of Triple F Racing Egidio Perfetti in the Porsche the GT3 spec 991 Porsche with the Mentos livery number 88 starts third alongside the Aston Martin Vantage of Sally Yolok who really impressed at Imola um, built the car a tidy lead and brought that in then to hand over to Ewan Hankey who well, really just needs to keep himself composed. He's a well-established uh, pro driver, as you and Hankey. And they, he was very, very happy to take that Aston Martin to the flag to take the first victory of the season. Nicolas Mislam will start the number 26 Ferrari from fifth position. Thomas Fleur alongside. Philip Hansen in the number 19 Audi from Tockwood Motorsports alongside Taiyu Aida in the number five Lamborghini. Another Triple F racing car then it's Johnny Molem and uh, Pierre-Marie Delina. So expect the number 25 car to make strides through the order in the early stages. It was his teammate Ivor Dunbar that qualified the ninth-placed car. As then through the penultimate uh, corner, the right-hander at Rint comes this two-by-two well-formed rolling grid. The pace car has already peeled off into the pit lane, so now effectively dictating the pace is Alexi Bassoff in the SMP Racing livery Ferrari 488. He's really impressed with the power of this new twin-turbo engine and he brings the cars then across the grid hatchings for this rolling start at exactly 5 o'clock. The red lights change to green and we're underway then for the third time in the year for the Michelin GT3 Le Mans Cup. It is a good start for the SMP Racing Ferrari which is late on the brakes. Cold tyres remember. Oh and contact again for the Porsche and it spins the McLaren 650 Yes, which then gets walloped by Johnny Molem and that I'm afraid has resulted in certainly retirement for the McLaren and what a Johnny Molem's Ferrari Graham Goodwin well that car was hit by at least three different cars uh, it was collected by Perfetti I'm afraid to the rear spun around and hit I think by two different Ferraris one of which is Johnny Molem's car that is now carrying damage to the front left corner uh, bodywork I suspect tyre as well for Johnny so he's dropped right back but that was bitter bitter luck for Hamaguchi, uh, absolutely the innocent party there. There is possibly one of the ailing Ferraris, Nicolas Mislin, in the classic and modern racing Ferrari, which safety is looking car. slow, and the safety car pretty obviously deployed because of the mess that is now that uh, McLaren 650S, front left wheel, just no longer underneath the car. It's been ripped off. It's, uh, it's positioning there for the, uh, the suspension struts, and it was was it contact between the Ferrari and the Porsche initially that was, then drove the Porsche into right, the McLaren? It, yeah, now I'd need to have a look at that one again from this angle. And in fact, there's already been contact because the Ferrari is losing um, coolant. The 25 Ferrari is losing coolant before it ever gets to the corner. Wow. I don't think it hit the, the Porsche at that point. But then poor Johnny Molem's got nowhere to go. 
So there'd been, there'd been contact or there'd been an issue for the number 25 Ferrari before it got to the corner. It was already trailing a fair amount of fluid before we got to the apex of the turn. That is one. If I was sat at home, I'd be rewinding and watching every car individually to find out exactly what happened. But the Porsche, as the cars will now actually come through the safe through the uh, pit lane behind the safety car, and that makes sense. A good decision from Eduardo Freitas because the risk, of course, of running these Michelin tyres over debris and parts of suspension and bodywork. And, and also, there's a lot of fluid down uh, yeah. at that corner. So... The Audi's not followed the safety ah, car line. That's going to be a big problem for Philip Hansen. So we've got everybody still in the race running down the pit lane, apart from Philip Hansen, who is staying at the safety car's pace. I bet he can't actually see the safety car from where he is because the pit wall is relatively high here at Red Bull Ring. And Hiroshi Hamaguchi, I'm afraid looking very forlorn indeed, walking away from a damaged McLaren 650S. He'd qualified that really well this morning, and the car had prepped the, car, the machine in readiness for this, this uh, two-hour event, and he goes no further than the second corner. Here is the Audi then. It needs to slot into its rightful position, but nevertheless it might still be pinged by Eduardo Freitas, a damaged the classic, classic and modern racing Three, Ferrari. I, I did say 25 car, it's 26. I was uh, referring to throughout it's the number 26 classic and modern car. That's the car that had the, the fluid coming from the front corner. Yeah. Oh, here we see again. So watching the car at the back here, behind that car had already had contact. It, well, it, it couldn't stop, and I just wonder whether the fluid that it was laying in, it shoved there. the Porsche, and then the Porsche, as a result, slammed into the McLaren, the which Porsche spun already, it round. No, the Porsche had already hit the McLaren before it was hit by the 458. OK. Whether or not there'd been a clash, there's something had happened to the 26 car before it even got to the corner. Right. It looked like a sort of classic motorway accident where you've got one car clanging into the one in front, which then shoves that into the one in front, and something's got to give. So the McLaren is the big retirement. Johnny Molem, interestingly, hasn't uh, had the need to pit. He so has pitted. He has pitted. Oh, he did pit. Yes. Okay. So we're definitely down. Well, everybody came down the pit lane, remember? Yeah, yeah, but, but they, he's pitted both, again. Both Mislan and Molem didn't emerge Didn't emerge again, right, yo. Here comes Johnny Molem. So clearly he feels happy, or the team feel happy, to continue on. It's the front left corner we should be most concerned about front left of the 25 collecting the McLaren and as we've said Johnny with nowhere to go as the cars scattered left and right avoiding the spun 650S Hiroshi Hamaguchi looking for a lift home stuck on the wrong side of the circuit I suspect we've seen the last of the 26 car as well interesting though that that almost had a problem from the rolling start and I just wonder whether fluid was leaking onto the brakes or certainly onto the tyres and the 26 car struggled to stop at turn number one. But, yeah, that uh, front left wheel is going to be left on the ground, I think, as the McLaren 650S is craned away from turn number one. So the suspension mounting points, many of them, if not all of them, snapping from away from the tub. Such was the velocity of the contact and... The rest of the field works its way down the pit lane once again. It's a sad sight. A car that should have been in contention, I'm afraid. I thought the innocent party there, Johnny. Yeah, no, absolutely. I don't really see what Hiroshi Hamaguchi could have done any differently. Now, just again. whether there's any contact between the Ferrari and the Porsche, first of all. There, there. is. There is. And that then pushes the Mentos Porsche 
a little bit too wide. It's tough, isn't it? Because I think Perfetti was on the brakes, but he was on the limit, and he got a shove up the rear end, which... And, and indeed, the McLaren was caught by three different cars. So what happened there... We had three cars nose to tail. The uh, the pole position 72 car, then the 88, then the 26. The 26 slightly outbraked himself. Yeah. That seemed to push the Porsche initially into the 72 car, and that momentum carried on and collected the uh, the 55, the yes. McLaren. And uh, actually, Hiroshi Hamaguchi's line through that first corner was pretty good. He was giving he the was SMP giving racing, racing Ferrari racing he room. Was he was giving potentially Egidio Perfetti racing room. What he didn't expect was the Porsche not to be able to stop. Uh, back in, I'm afraid, for Johnny Molum. Um, the um, 26 car clearly first to radiate at that point. Yes, OK. So, so, first of all, Perfetti hit the McLaren. Then there was a minor brush with the 26 car. And then Johnny Molum, unsighted by all of that happening to his right... Uh, brushed across with the front left of his car mm. against the front left of the McLaren turned around. That's right, and he was kind of caught between a spun McLaren and the car to his right, and he it was unsighted as well, just had nowhere to go and slammed into that front left corner of oh, a dear. very sorry looking number 55 McLaren the F, the Triple F racing crew have been through the wars in the opening few races of the Michelin GT3 Le Mans Cup because of course they turned up at Imola with a Lamborghini which didn't race that was heavily damaged in practice or qualifying I forget but certainly before the race itself and Hiroshi now working his way down that grass bank to find a way back to the paddock and it's a long journey for him of course from Japan to Austria for not even one corner well indeed he will have enjoyed his weekend up until that point showed really good pace in qualifying this morning and the test sessions as well so I'll revise one part of uh, my earlier statement in that I suspect Gidio Perfetti was a relative innocent in that yeah. yes and uh, apologies if I was suggesting that again it was an issue at the first corner for the Mentos Porsche uh, certainly shoved into that moment after a uh, rather too hot a start for the number 26 car and my only, the only question then in my mind was the, was the Ferrari leaking fluid before it stopped for turn one but I think it was as you say as a result of the radiator being pierced and so then double impact with the, uh, with the Porsche yeah correct so now one point of significance here uh, in fact two points of significance is the, the number one is that Sally Yulik is thrown to second place behind the safety car Yes, absolutely. And number two is that Johnny Mullen, after that second longer pit stop this time, I think, did not lose a lap. He didn't. He got out ahead. So that could be crucial come the end of the race. So Sally Yollock, winner at Imola, up to second, as Graham says. But before we go any further, let's get some news from the pit lane with Charlie George. Yeah, I'm down here with Ivor Dunbar. Ivor, that's not the start you had in mind, was it? Definitely not, no. We'll just have to see whether or not that... Uh, that right front um, left front wheel is actually secure if it is he's got enough time to catch him up before the restart we're back where we started um, you know he made up a few a few places on the grid but uh, he'll have another go I'm sure now you were one of the only teams to start your professional driver first what was the thinking and strategy behind that that was just to mix it up hope that something might happen and come to us unfortunately the thing that happened was with us but there we go you know okay well fingers crossed that all is okay with the car and he can make some time up now yeah exactly there's a long way to go yet thank you Ivor no problem 
And that was Johnny Molan roaring by to try to catch up the safety uh, car train. He's not going to manage that quite. Uh, the safety car on the way into pit lane now, Johnny. Yeah, and uh, Alexei Basov almost racing the safety car driver through Rint Corner. Needed to be careful he didn't overtake it before the safety car was fully off track. But we'll now see the green flag at the start line and we are back to full speed racing with exactly a minute and uh, an hour and 50 minutes to go. So, as we were, gentlemen, as the Audi works its way through turn number one, and this is the second racing lap in anger, Johnny Molin wasn't able to get quite close enough to the safety car train, but he should be a little quicker than many of these drivers in the field. Obviously, that's a gold driver up against bronzes, so we will keep you updated on the progress of Johnny Molin. Sad to say, though, that we are now two cars down after Nikola Mislan looking unlikely to rejoin this race and of course the retirement of Hiroshi Hamaguchi but on the attack is the number 19 Audi R8 of Philip Hansen with Thomas Fleur right up ahead can he find a way by not quite into Ralph corner but there'll be another opportunity in a moment Thomas Fleur goes a little bit too hot into that corner so runs wide out onto the kerb and Philip Hansen a cleaner line through turn three as we concentrate on the lead of the race Alexi Basov given no time to think here Sally Yolik is applying the pressure early on and just to keep an eye on Johnny Mullen's progress, he was 59 seconds back from the leader um, as he started the lap that, uh, the, that the, the safety car train were released. So didn't quite make it up, but will be um, barreling on now in pursuit of this pack. Remains to be seen as well whether or not there's going to be any sanction applied to Philip Hansen for missing that safety car call to follow through into pit road. Uh, he's not made it by Thomas Fleur. Here comes Perfetti, looking for a way past Sally Yolok to the inside. Squeezed a little by the Turkish driver there towards the pit wall, but all fair in love, war and motorsport. Charlotte suddenly makes it through, Perfetti follows through. It's interesting that, I thought that Perfetti was uh, enough alongside to actually make that move, but in the end Sally Yolok said, no you don't sunshine, I'm having this corner first, and they just about avoided contact with Gitio Perfetti though showing good pace across the start finish line Thomas Fleur is there in fourth position in the silver and red Ferrari and then the top with Motorsports Audi R8 just behind and not very far away from that battle is Teo Aida in the uh, number five Lamborghini the only triple F racing car that still remains in the race opportunity to see this start again from head on and yeah, the, the radiator of the number 26 Ferrari is long gone, isn't it? It's pouring fluid out there after the contact. That's Nearly right. collected the race leader, actually, did Perfetti, who'd been shoved, and the Audi did well to avoid the back of the number 26 Ferrari. Lamborghini off onto the grass. I feared for potentially a track rod being broken on the second Triple F Ferrari. It was a, a lurid spin or a slide there from the Lamborghini Huracan, and I thought maybe one of the rear wheels was steering there, but no, no, it was just any contact. Basically, just it was it was it was steering an extremist. Yes, and uh, almost drifted his way through that corner and collected it up nicely. And to prove that fact that the car is still performing well, uh, Tayu Aida, uh, the, who's new to the championship is running in sixth position and posting some good times not quite as good at Philip, as Philip Hansen on that last lap but uh, he's not very far away from the Audi as they emerge out of turn number one meanwhile in second position Charlie Yolok having a lot of pressure to contend with here from Isidio Perfetti in the Mentos Racing Porsche this is allowing Alexi Basov the, the gap out the front he is escaping into the distance 
Second, third, fourth and fifth, not very far from each other. Starting to pair off a little bit though with Thomas Fleur and Philip Hansen having a nice private battle for fourth position. Good stuff from Philip Hansen. He's uh, finding his way with this car. He's had some uh, time in the car with Nigel Moore in Brick Car Racing in the UK as well as this uh, Michelin GT3 Le Mans Cup. Of course, this car, uh, amongst, uh, we're, we're together with the rest of the field here, uh, part of that Road to Le Mans race in June on the Le Mans circuit race morning. So 0.3 of a second is the gap between fourth and fifth place cars. Thomas Fleur to Philip Hansen. Aida won't be very far away and we will compare his lap times to the two cars up ahead. But this is the battle of the moment, arguably. Egidio Perfetti, a good run through Rint Corner this time around, and Sally Yollock, winner in Imola, remember. So can contend with pressure. He had quite a lot of defensive work to do in Italy in May, and this time keeping the car right in the middle of the road, not swerving from left to right. Egidio Perfetti, um, polar opposite, really, tries to the right, tries to the left. He might get a good run on the Aston Martin this time around. Remember, the next corner at the top of the hill is a right-hander, but even before we get to that point, Perfetti might be in front. That was a good, yeah, very much better traction out of the corner from the Porsche man. He's in the right place, but not got the ponies of the Aston Martin. Sally Yellick takes the, uh, the line and powers away again. Is this allowing the chasing pair to catch? Not What's interesting, moment. because in the mid-range, the Porsche looked to have the pace on the it Aston, did. but then as it got uh, further up the hill into the higher, higher gears, the Aston just had, well, literally an extra gear, it would seem, to work its way towards turn number two. I'm sure that's not the case, but the balance of performance almost being displayed perfectly there. Big, grunty Aston Martin front-engine car versus the rear-engined 991 GT3 Mentos Racing Porsche and they are lapping in their identical times here but they're finding their times in different places around the Red Bull ring. One of the real positives of GT3 racing is that these cars do produce remarkably similar lap times in very different ways. Traction, acceleration, the grip comes in different parts of the track and that does give us some great racing at times. Fabulous final corner there where the cars real, really bottom out. There's a lot of compression. The drivers have to hang on for dear life as the car settles itself. And Gidea Perfetti has another little bit of a look, a think about a move for second position, but decides better of it. I think his best opportunity is getting a good exit out of turn one. And as I say, got more than fully alongside the Aston a lap ago. Can't do it this time though. And maybe Sally Yolik is slightly wiser to the attempts of Shidio Perfetti, unless Perfetti's got better ideas out of turn two. Let's have a look. The traction from the Porsche is impressive, but again, the Aston Martin can keep it at an arm's length. No change in the positions further behind, by the way. Thomas Fleur is still ahead of Philip Hansen. That's for fourth and fifth. Meanwhile, a gap of 5.1 seconds from Alexi Basov back to second place Yolich. What of Johnny Molin? Well, he's just done the best sector two time of anybody. So the 25 Ferrari is pushing on. Still in eighth position of eight cars, but nine seconds quicker than Pierre-Marie Delina. So he is catching him at a goodly rate of knots. Should be with him within two laps, but then there's a further 30 seconds to find before he gets onto the back of this train. So Johnny will be taking his targets where he can find them at the moment. 18 minutes almost into the uh, the race now. Fetty tries to see whether or not flashing those headlights might make a difference. Well, nope. I'm not sure. 
because Sally Yollock soaked up so much pressure in Imola. He'll be drawing on the uh, experience he gained in Italy, but also, of course, on the eight and a half mile Le Mans lap. These cars supported the 24-hour race on Saturday morning as part of the road to Le Mans. We had championship GT3 cars, non-championship GT3 cars, and also the LMP3 machines as well, which made it a really good race for a little over 50 minutes. This time the Porsche can't get the overlap, unlike two laps ago for Egidio Perfetti. Seems to be able to apply the power slightly quicker than the Aston Martin, unless that's just the, the flat six screaming away. No, I think it's 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 always going to be isn't it? always good traction from the Porsche. The rear engine just gives them that just that extra edge. Yeah, with all the weight over those rear wheels and uh, all the other factors come into play. And Yolok is able to use his Aston Martin to the optimum. Into Pirelli corner they go then. This is the tenth time that they will have done that. Oh, losing a little bit of uh, daylight as well. Not the fact that we're getting towards sunset. But I think that's, again, evidence of quite a bit of cloud cover. And 51% chance of rain, remember, at the start of the race. So that could add yet more variables into this mix. Alexey Basov, though unshakable at the head of the order 5.2 seconds was the gap back to Sally Yolok a lap ago and this time wait 5 seconds or so oh and side by side in fact across the line as Gideon Buffetti tries the inside line the gap has extended to 6.1 seconds to the race leader but it's much much smaller than that for second and third as a Gideon Buffetti well Yolok didn't get the exit speed out of turn 1 and this might be Buffetti's chance the problem is he's on the outside line the next corner's a right hander it's Buffetti to drivers left and Sally Yolok to drivers right can he do a little just contact there was contact between the Aston Martin and the Borsche and will uh, Sally Yolok try break very slightly into the corner meaning that the advantage goes deeper into Remus and this might present the opportunity the best opportunity that Ishidio Buffetti's had to this point he now has the inside line on that run down to Ralph corner this for second position late on the brakes I'm sure from Perfetti and he should finally be able to get second position away from Sally Yolik indeed he does finally had to give better of it but that was well Remarkably close stuff, wasn't it? It's a little bit naughty going on the, down, the run down to the uh, to turn two. Plenty of curb being taken by the Mentos Porsche out of Pirelli corner. They work their way through to lose touch with the Porsche as now Johnny Molem has been gaining uh, at a fair rate of knots on Pierre Marie Delina, and that is the place change chance again to check the potential damage on the front left corner of that Ferrari they've checked the wheel I'm sure Johnny will be reporting back to the team it won't be ideal it's fair to say for the FF Corsa Ferrari but Johnny doing a good job in getting one of those places back up to seventh position and ahead of Delina but a much much bigger task now to catch the Lamborghini which is a further how many 40 seconds up the road Car 26, by the way, which uh, does look to be out of the race, reported to the stewards for causing a collision at Turn 1. And this was... Well, there was almost contact on the main straight. Then Sally Yollock didn't get a good exit out of Turn number 1, which led to this moment when the two cars were door-handle to door-handle, and there was contact, certainly, between the Aston Martin and the Porsche this corner favoured the Aston of Sally Yollock but of course he had to run deeper into the corner in order to defend 
meant his exit speed wasn't quite as good and as we've been saying the Porsche's traction at low speed is superior to the Aston Martin they are totally together there front wheels level with front wheels on the run into Rauch but crucially the Porsche had the inside line and Sally Yolo struggling for a bit of grip on the exit. Gutsy stuff from Perfetti there, and brilliantly done, actually, there. But uh, Sally Yolo hung on in there, but realised that the game was done at this point of the race. He'll tuck in behind and try to stick with the Porsche. dropping back just a little. So that has allowed uh, Basov to get away pretty comprehensively. He's now uh, just done the fastest lap of the race again at 130.184 this time. Approaching eight seconds... 7.9 seconds clear now of Egidio Perfetti with Yolok a further two seconds back now so gap growing between second and third place cars Thomas Fleur has edged away from Philip Hansen for fourth position so Hansen is still fifth in the top with Motorsports Audi then it's a Lamborghini driven by Tayu Aida in the number five car then Johnny Molem, who, well, last time around did a 132.7. He has been down in the 131s, and this lap he's on now should be quicker. Just done the best sector two time of anybody out there in the race. The 32 will have been, of course, because he was getting by uh, Delena uh, last time around in the yeah. 14 car, so that would have taken just the edge off his pace. But Aida isn't very far away from Molem's pace. Of course, he's previous experience starting to tell now in GT300 in the Super GT Championship of Japan he's raced GT3s at that level of World Motorsport and Lamborghinis as well so used to the car Molino takes three seconds out of him on that last time around and uh, that's a 130.821 not that far away from the fastest lap of the race for Johnny but uh, he'll be pretty gutted he's uh, 50 or 64 seconds back from the leader he's trying to get as close to the race leaders as possible before the end of his stint and the start of Ivor Dunbar's who we heard from on the pit wall an hour and 36 minutes still to go with red hot front brakes for Sally Yollock so on the limit into turn number one that little bit of a dip now which then turns quickly to a rise a steep rise to turn two two seconds the margin between Pifetti and Sally Yollock as the car leans forward on its haunches, slows almost to a dead stop at turn two, and likewise at turn three, and then the flowing section of the Red Bull ring begins out of Rauch Corner through Pirelli and Wirth, and then on to Rint and Red Bull Mobile to finish the lap. For Sally Yollock now, a different phase of the race begins because it's pretty clear that uh, Sally needs to consolidate look to see whether or not he can put further pressure on Perfetti but cons to consolidate which really builds as much as possible on momentum uh, to gather points in this GT3 Le Mans challenge it's one advantage and one advantage only which is of course they scored points at Imola where SMP didn't yes yeah, so they're always going to be effectively a round behind but SMP Racing have shown dominance very, very quickly as Delina maybe thinks about a pit stop. It'll be early, very early for a driver change. The yellow Ferrari looked a bit slow into the penultimate corner. Do we see it now? Yes. It has gone down to the pit lane, so an issue, presumably, for the number 14 Ferrari. 
looking very, very slow. Only that point where the white line goes across the road does the pit lane speed limit apply. But it was close to the speed, li the speed limit even before it got to the white line. And a potential issue, therefore, for Pierre-Marie Delina and that Ferrari. Meanwhile, the Audi that uh, wasn't very far away from that uh, uh, yellow Ferrari continues on. Philip Hansen had an early race battle with Thomas Fleur, but the gap starting to open up now to over two seconds. Team quickly descending on the car, though. Engine cover open on the number 14 car. Never good news. AF Corsa, who know everything there is to know about Ferrari 458 and now 488. And the team checking the obvious initially. Let's hope it's not too much work because they may just realise it's not worth repairing. Time being lost, obviously. Not much conversation down there. I don't think it's immediately obvious what the problem is. The car hopefully will be handed over to Adrian Delina for the final stint. It's a long way to go before we get to that point. Meanwhile, Alexi Basov continues to find speed. He heads over the line for the 15th time. And that last tour of the Red Bull ring included an absolute best sector one time. So he's still finding pace and has now eked the gap out to Egidio Perfetti to 8.3 seconds. Perfetti, though, staying with this sort of pace at this stage. And, uh, the good news is it looks like Delina is about to rejoin the race. Delinas, you can see their names on the roof of the car. Struggling to select a gear. Is that right? Yeah. So they're trying to get the message through. They'll be in radio contact, but also hand signals can often get the message across a little quicker. Rear lights flashing. It was the gearbox crunching away, wasn't it? Mm, door open again, engine off. This is not by the sounds of things and the looks of things. Going to be a quick fix for the Delinas. Very tricky though, isn't it? Uh, this early stage of the race to be hit by a problem, and generally Ferrari 458s just run and run. Absolutely, they, 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 you know, developed to the hilt, really, aren't they? They're uh, a mainstay of GT racing for so many years. Missing nothing in the race at this stage, with eight and a half seconds, the gap between Bassoff and Egidio Perfetti. Perfetti is quicker now than Sally Yolick. Now that he's in some clean air, the. Audi R8 being reported to the stewards because of the violation of the safety car procedure and that was of course when we saw Philip Hansen go down the main straight rather than the pit lane and we did wonder whether he might be called for that and the team talked with motorsport so we'll wait to see whether there's a penalty meanwhile let's hand to Charlie George who's down still in the pit lane yeah I'm down here at the Mentos Racing Garage with Klaus Backler Klaus that was such a close battle for second. As the professional driver, how nervous does that make you? Yeah, nervous. Uh, maybe the wrong word, but I uh, was uh, hoping that he gets fast, uh, as fast as possible, uh, because he, he is at the moment faster than uh, the car, which is now in the third position, and uh, that we get a little bit of a gap uh, before the pit stop window opens. And uh, he made it. Uh, it was a tough one. Uh, but it was good to see, and uh, now we, we, the, uh, the gap uh, to P3 gets uh, bigger and bigger, and uh, so I hope we can um, f uh, fight for the position. Maybe P1, uh, the guys, uh, Scheiter, Basso, they, are, they look really strong here at the Red Bull ring, um, but 
everything else is uh, for sure possible. Now you are an only Austrian driver. Is this a favorite circuit of yours being your home circuit? Yeah, I like the circuit a lot. Uh, also, the, the, for sure, it's my home, so I like also the surroundings here. Uh, it's a good feeling to be here and uh, to race here. Good luck. Thank you very much. And we, of course, of course, saw Klaus in action at the Road to Le Mans race, but we, we didn't did. see him in Imola, so he'll be dearly hoping that Egidio Perfetti can bring that Porsche in. It's going tremendously well at the moment. Half an hour in the book, by the way, so we look forward to Klaus Bechler's stint towards the end of this race, because he is very, very quick in a Porsche. He's indeed. Good to see him. In fact, uh, the, the team clearly pitting in front of the Proton competition pit, where Klaus has spent uh, several years, including a couple of years in the FIWEC quick professional driver in a Porsche whether it's a GT E spec Porsche GT3 as we've got here or indeed a Porsche Cup car in the Carrera Cup Deutschland and Porsche Super Cup Sally Yollock is not letting this go away you know um, he may not be absolutely on the boot lid or rather the engine cover of the number 88 Porsche but he's not that far away pushing on keep it consistent keep it safe and head for the pit stop window and if the opportunity arises he will be able to pick up pieces Johnny Molan meanwhile is uh, edging ever closer to Ida in the sixth position as he needs to do at this stage yeah still finding paces Johnny a 130.5 is his best lap of the race went pretty pretty well through sectors one and three on that last lap the clear air in front of him is clearly helping and he's now got the gap down to what, 27 oh, seconds oh, uh, exactly <laughs> the problem there for Perfetti he's lost second position wow he, he went off at turn eight so the yellow flags were out briefly. that was for that it was he, he lost the car going into turn eight big style and over the yellow curbs as well which won't have uh, treated the under tray of the car particularly well and watch Shala Yollock come through here actually engaged first gear very neatly indeed it was kind of like a J turn he did out of turn 7 uh, found first gear wasn't too flustered by it and got back into the race so yes has lost one place to Sally Yollock all that hard work to get second place away from the Turk Turkish driver has uh, managed was, was led to nothing sadly has but he bent a wheel I just looked, I just saw as the car came through, uh, the, the front left wheel, it could have been just the sticker on the side of the tyre, but there was something that looked a bit odd about that front left wheel. I wonder if he's kinked the wheel. OK, down to Rauch Corner, we will keep a watchful eye on the behaviour of that Porsche. Certainly those yellow uh, curbs that are actually metal, they're not soft material. And if you catch them in the wrong, wa wrong uh, way, it will be very easy to buckle a wheel, I'm sure. 14 Ferrari back out, and uh, yeah, some slightly more brutal tools, you could argue, about to be unleashed on the 458. Absolutely. In a tray. The fastest lap of the race, meanwhile, for the leader, the number 72 car, a 130.032 now. Sally Yollock will be next through. Pass off through again, actually, to complete lap 19. That wasn't a better effort, but as you say, holds fastest lap with his 18th circuit. Comes the bright yellow Ferrari then for its more significant service. Maybe they have a bit more of an idea of what they've got to deal with now. Driver staying in the car, bit of discussion being had with him, but also checking things on the dash too. Car's going to be lifted up on the internal jacks. Rear left tyre take it off. That might be that they're just doing a tyre change whilst the car is in. We'll wait and see. 
another good sector one time from Alexi Bassoff though uh, still finding good pace in the number 72 Ferrari Johnny Molin goes quicker than anybody else through sector two which he'd already done before so he's improved his best sector two time and therefore what's the gap down to between he and Tayu Aida wonder he's catching the Lamborghini very quickly indeed say so got the lead got the gap down to something like 27 seconds last time around and yes it's tighter than that now 24 seconds 34 seconds 34 seconds so it's gone from 37 to 34 yes. there is a definite improvement but uh, Basov meanwhile is on an absolute flyer he's gone purple in both the first two sectors 130.0 turns into a 129.7 so turning up the wick in the lead of this race. Lexi Bassoff purple through all three sectors, a 29.7 for the Russian. First lap under 130 in the race. We expect Victor Scheitar to be even quicker. So at the moment, there is no stopping SMP racing. But that is not uh, a reason to disappear from this race because still plenty could happen. The 488's a new piece of machinery is still proving its reliability and of course he'll have to lap a number of cars as that's a big off for the number five Lamborghini can't see any damage on that car but it's ended up way off into the gravel and is that the exit of Firth corner the second of the left-handers possibly um, it's at the end of, it might be it's at the end of the lap it's in the last turn center. six yeah turn that, six that is going to gift Johnny Molum and oh, they just had a big wiggle on didn't he and lost the back of the car so it's coming out of Firth corner before the unnamed right-hand kink and it's ended up way off into what is a, a big and deep gravel trap. I'm sure Aida has tried to engage first gear and tried to get that car out of the gravel, but it, all it will do is spin the rear wheels and the car will dig further and further into the stones. Safety car being deployed because of that car then stranded in the gravel trap. That will close everything up. So we will uh, look at this race a whole lot differently, more differently in a moment or two. But let's get some news, first of all, from Charlie and the pit lane. Yeah, I'm down here with Ewan Hankey. Ewan, it's fair to say Sally's had quite a busy race so far. Yeah, he has so far. I mean, uh, he didn't get the best of starts, but due to all the mayhem at Turn 1, he came out really well in second. Then had a bit of a battle with um, uh, the Porsche. The Porsche finally overtook him, and then the Porsche just spun. So Sally's got ahead of him again. So it's kind of a bit of cat and mouse at the moment. So he's doing a great job, and long may it continue. Absolutely, you guys arrived here with a narrow championship win. Is points the goal for this race? Certainly points are the goal. I mean, it's a very long championship still to go. Um, so there's lots to play for. Obviously, one of our main championship rivals has obviously had a bit of unfortunate luck there. So, yeah, you know, we just got to bring it home and finish. Best of luck. Thank you very much. But what was a 15-second advantage for the Russian squad, the SMP Racing Ferrari, has uh, evaporated so, so quickly because of this safety car. It will close everything up at the head of the order, and Sally Yolok will be on the boot lid again of Alexei Basov, who has all that hard work to do again, Greg. And there is another interesting factor here as well. We're 23 minutes away from halfway in this race, Johnny, and Johnny Molum will be at the back of this pack in sixth position in a very fast Ferrari. That could throw another spanner in the works for all sorts of people here. So Twice. there is the leader. There's Yolok, Fetti, Fleur, Hansen, and the next car along is going to be Johnny Molum. 
They're waiting for him to appear in that shot, but I'm sure you're right. 25 Ferrari of FF Corsa. I said not to stray away from this race. It looked like it was going all the way towards SMP Racing. But this is a big twist in the race narrative as the number five car is still being stretched away from its resting place. It's tumbled way, way off the track there. Taking a magic sponge for that one, isn't it? Don't think it would have made contact with the barrier because the gravel trap did a good job in slowing the car down, but it was a high speed off, certainly, for that Lamborghini. And FF, Triple F Racing, rather, um, will not have any good memories at all from Red Bull Ring. I want to get uh, a long way away from this place as quickly as possible and look forward to the next round at Paul Ricard with both of their cars out, sadly. Um, I, think we'll I think we'll see that five car rejoin the race. Okay, don't, don't good. think there was damage. I think it was. He may, he may well need to come in for a change of race suit, but uh, that was a big moment. But uh, the gravel trap absolutely did its job. I think my mind was thinking outside assistance is not permitted, but I suppose it, you get a little bit of a toe from one of the snatch vehicles. If it's in a position where it requires a move to safety, then you can. And th yeah, there you go, the number five car rejoins, looking a little dusty than it did. Not before dropping a lot of stones on the track there, admittedly off the racing line but that will be something for the rest of the drivers and the teams involved in this race to be wary of. It's, it's going to go straight to the pit lane, isn't it? Uh, so yes, it, these cars that all are on Michelin tyres, as you would expect, for the Michelin GT3 Le Mans Cup. Johnny Merlin there catching up with the safety car train. They will need to be wary for the first few laps of this race to avoid punctures. 14 car is not a well machine I'm afraid two pit stops now to try and sort this issue out for Pierre-Marie Delina there is the number five Lamborghini so I'd spoken too soon as far as that car being out of the race although it's being waved what past the team hmm. yes I know why it's because they don't want him to lose another lap yes so if they're going to pit the car they'll pit it at the end of this lap they'll want him to make up the ground so now Aida is going to attempt to get close to the safety car train. He's got some work to do because the safety car is already at Verth Corner, the second of the left-handers. I'm not circuit. sure he's got that message, you know. He's pushing on in order to try and catch the safety But look at the gravel that's still pouring out of that car. And they are quite big stones as well. On crucial points of the track, that is a race. No, it's, coming around for another lap. Well. it's coming around for another lap. OK, so he could still do it crucially stay on the lead lap 14 car by the way has still st stayed out Delano stayed out in that car and is ahead of the safety car train so it's had well a total of four laps one of those was the trip through the pit lane behind the safety car wasn't it this has had three additional stops after that for AF Corsa yeah, so struggling then to diagnose the issue and then potentially fix it the car still does not have race pace so there's no chance I would say of that Ferrari catching up with these six cars now that circulate behind the safety car but we have Tayu Aida hammering round as quickly as he can to try and catch up with the safety car but dropping gravel left right and center and these guys who are weaving around trying to get tire temperature up need to be wary there are some very sharp pebbles on the on the road there that could catch them out later on in the race as the michelins get towards the end of their life so an hour and 18 minutes still to go 
all of these cars will stop at least one more time in order to do the driver change, the mandatory driver change as part of the Michelin GT3 Le Mans Cup. But it's been an eventful affair, this third round of the championship, which started a couple of months ago in Imola. That was an entertaining race as well, around a narrow, classic Formula One circuit, crowbarred into, effectively, the, the town centre at Imola. This is a very different venue, but nevertheless promoting fabulous racing once more in the Styrian Mountains of Spielberg, Austria. Safety car lights are now out, so we will go racing once again. Just the six cars tucked in behind the safety car. The Lamborghini is in the same sector as these cars, but has already lost a lap, of course, in the gravel. Yes. But uh, would only be one lap, and uh, I don't think he's very far behind. Clear sector two now, so it is, in racing terms, about 25 seconds back from this group. Sally Yollock going to try to have a look at uh, turn one here. Now, rather than choosing to back up the field, Alexi Bassoff was a touch slow through Rint, but really got the hammer down out of the final corner. And here comes Johnny Molum straight on the attack, late on the brakes, and picks off Philip Hansen very easily indeed there in the Audi R8. So Molum up to fifth position, as Graham mentioned, gaining from the safety car period. And he has a Ferrari from Thomas Fleur uh, as the next one on his list. These are both 488s. So heading up to the second corner, what's the exit speed like for Johnny Molum compared to the Swiss in front of him? Gap starting to emerge between Perfetti and Fleur, arguably, but Sally Yolland is going to stick with Alexi Bassoff, yep. isn't he? He is. Three Ferrari 488s in the top six here. As the Lamborghini appears in the background, it's not that far behind. Top three, gapping Thomas Fleur. Sally Yolland is, is having a good old look here. Needs to be made, it needs to be made now because the danger is Bassoff will get back into the rhythm that he had clearly found in the opening portion of this race in between safety cars, if you like. And the danger is, as Bassoff is showing signs off now, that he'll get into his stride and edge back further away. Yollock still in touching distance as they head for Rint Corner now, but also Sally Yollock will need to keep a watchful eye on that rear view mirror with Egidio Perfetti having a oh, way out over the curbing there and the extra runoff now he's got a good uh, exit speed as a result of that they're also lapping Pierre-Marie Delina but Perfetti arguably got such a good slingshot because he went way off the track I'd be surprised if uh, he doesn't incur the wrath of the stewards there as Johnny Molin will pick off Thomas Fleur now and Delina uh, trying desperately to stay out of the way of everybody Busy turn one there with cars lapping others and Sally Yollick trying to repay the favour on Egidio Perfetti as they head for oh, oh, more contact. <laughs> We've been there before. We've repaid the favour this time. Maybe so. What's the exit speeds like then out of two? Out of turn two. Porsche initially with the good drive, but then the Aston Martin really comes into its own through the mid-range and towards the top end speed. And yeah, the door oh, they needed a break just at the point where the Aston Martin was getting the overlap there. Sally Yollock has the speed, I reckon, in the top uh, range of this Aston Martin. Remember, 6-litre V12 in the front of this Aston. Not short of power, but it is pegged back in other ways. And these cars behave very differently, one being front engine and one being very much rear engine, well over the rear axle in that Porsche. Here comes Johnny Molan trying to go into terms with this battling pair. I reckon if you want to learn some colloquialisms in Turkish, tune into Radio TF Sports. Yes, uh, Sally Yollock 
will have to keep his elbows nice and wide to keep Johnny Merlin behind. There's been a change behind but that as Philip well. Philip Hansen has gone ahead of Thomas Fleur as well, so that's a move forward through the field from Philip Hansen. He's back into fifth position. Yes, good spot there. So Philip Hansen and the Audi going strongly. Thomas Fleur maybe made a mistake on that lap. A 134, yes he did, very slow in comparison to here's the Hansen. There's the replay. This is there's Delena's yellow Ferrari. But uh, Perfetti up the inside. Squeezed and then almost checked up on the exit there. And this is where the contact came. A little yeah. bit too much of a defence there from Perfetti. Maybe thinking he was clear of the Aston, but uh, evidently was not. And slammed into the side of the Aston Martin. But... The Aston took the hit pretty well, didn't unsettle the car too badly, and Sally Yollock still able to exit turn two with good speed, and then threatened down at Rauch on that lap. Got an hour and 13 minutes still to go, and we've been here before, Graham. The number 14 Ferrari oh is back in. This is actually a driver change, though, this, uh, this, uh, this time, and uh, fastest first sector of the race goes to Sally Yollock. So all three of the lead cars in the 22.9s, but it's uh, marginally quicker 22.9 for the Aston Martin. Not a particularly hurried driver change as uh, Adrian Delina now gets on board. Let's hope for better fortunes for Adrian rather than Pierre-Marie, who now steps out of that car. Just didn't forget, sadly. And Aaron, 13 minutes to go then. Over the line goes Johnny Molin, and he is within touching distance of Sally Yollock up to turn number one goes that battle for third position behind Egidio Buffetti Alexi Bassov by the way 2.7 seconds now the gap from him to Norwegian Buffetti time still tumbling though particularly through sector one so track conditions are obviously pretty good cars continue to get lighter in this opening stint they will be fuelled at the end of this stint for the predominantly bronze part of the race but Johnny Molin the exception gold driver taking the opening stint for FF Corsa and out of Rauch corner Johnny Molin would dearly like to be ahead of the Aston come the stops and ideally ahead of Egidio Perfetti as well both are possible might go to what an hour and ten minutes into this race and then hand over to Ivor Dunbar meanwhile other drivers preparing themselves to get on board their relevant cars wet weather tyres ready as well on the trolleys I noticed tricky to judge the weather for the remaining hour and a bit as well, the Aston Martin is now well and truly having to defend from Johnny Molin's Ferrari yeah, Molin looking racy now Delena Ferrari will emerge just as this trio complete the lap. There is the yellow Ferrari. Joins in stage right. Will not involve itself, I'm sure, here. I'm just looking for an opportunity here to get by this pair of battling bronzes. So out of Remus' corner goes the fight for effectively second position as Bassoff puts in another great time through sector one. So he's not being distracted by this scrap behind him. He probably can't even see it now because he's edged away to such uh, an extent. 
Johnny Merlin in fourth position. The Aston Martin in the middle of your shot is in third position, and then Perfetti running second. Heading through right-hand kink immediately after Rauch corner. Set the car up for Pirelli, the left-hander, immediately followed by Wirth. And Perfetti taking plenty of extra bit of track there. You kind of can do that on the approach to Wirth corner because that's where the short version of the Red Bull ring feeds back in. We use that for European truck racing and one or two club events that take place here to make uh, what is not necessarily a long track a bit shorter. Heading into the penultimate corner though now. Johnny Mola, much better speed, carried through Rint and Red Bull Mobile. This might be the Brits' best opportunity now to overtake Sally Yollett, the TF Sport Aston. Shows again though, good speed down the main straight and that means that the gap is two, two car lengths probably. Johnny Merlin was not close enough and what's the speed like up the hill this time for the twin turbo charged engine in the back of the Ferrari 488. Actually, straight line speed up the steep hill towards turn two. Very equal between the Porsche, the Aston, and the Ferrari. Just wonder whether or not that's impact for the start of the race. It's just had a minor aerodynamic effect for Johnny. Doesn't seem quite to have a straight line punch of the 72 car, does it? That is a good point. He'll be nursing uh, an ailing, very slightly ailing car to the finish. And Obviously, have to try and give Ifa Dunbar a little bit of information on the changeover as to how to manage that car to the finish. All of a sudden, by the way, we're now talking not about Johnny Molan on Sally Yellow, but Charlie Yellow on Virgilio uh, Perfetti uh, because the challenge from the Ferrari behind has added some fire in the belly of the Aston Martin driver. The other thing that FF Corsa will need to keep a watchful eye on is the wear of that front left tyre if it's dislodged the the hub very slightly after the big impact with the McLaren then might be wearing the tyre on the inner edge or the outer edge far more than they would like and of course all the cars in the race will need to be wary of potential punctures later on after so much gravel was left on the on the circuit from that Lamborghini that rejoined the number five machine which still has at the wheel by the way Tayu Aida running still in seventh position lap down having uh, languished in the gravel just a little too long waiting that toe another fastest first sector from the lead car the 72 SMP racing Ferrari 488 another one of the 22.8 but quicker than its last effort there Teo Aida due to hand over to Andrea Caldarelli both drivers with significant Super GT experience the Italian is a gold graded driver so it should be very entertaining to see him on board the number 5 Lamborghini see what he can offer Second place battle works its way out of Rauch corner and the 14 Ferrari is back in again. This is the sixth stop that the number 14 Ferrari has made now. Last time around it was in for two and a half minutes for the driver change but this is because of technical problems once again and one of the AF Corsa Ferrari uh, mechanics straight into the engine bay try and work out what exactly the problem is and try and do a quick fix on it. Ideally they'd like to push that car back into the garage I'm sure and really get to grips with the issue but they're trying to keep the car competitive where possible sadly it is now what nine laps there or thereabouts off the leader that's his lap of the race again goes to the 72 139754 now and beginning to stretch away that lead gaps yeah. emerged this time between the Porsche and the Aston there hasn't it so Perfetti able to work his way 
away from this fight for third position. That might be Sally Yollock being more distracted by the car behind. Oh, yes. Graham is pointing to the front left corner of that Ferrari 488. Dive planes are flapping away. There's a piece of bodywork there, which might well be not helping Johnny on ultimate turn-in. Yes, very good spot that. It's almost like a, a portion of the splitter has been torn away though as well. Or is it just a dive plane that's flapping in the breeze? It's certainly a dive plane at least, and I think it may be the forward element of the the wheel cover. Yes. Okay, so clearly that is going to be a nightmare to drive, I would imagine, and to take that into consideration. Johnny Molem doing a stellar job to bring it back into that. I mean, he was helped by the safety car, admittedly, but he's. Uh, well on the pace now. Well, Johnny's job at this point is to bring that car through to get his gentleman driver into the car and um, with limited risk. Yes. So the team would have hoped that Johnny would have been leading the race by this point, although Alexei Bassoff would have proved stern competition, I'm sure. But very probably he would have been in second position, and he's not very far off that. Quite a way far off the track at that point, though, and that's indica indicative of quite how hard JMO is pushing out of rent corner. Caught one of or one or two of those yellow sausage curbs. It, that would have get it, had, had the uh, teeth chattering as he worked his way to the final corner. Another fastest lap, meanwhile, from the lead car. It's a 129.594 now from Alexei Basov. Up the hill goes. Perfetti in the in the Porsche, the Aston Martin of Sally Yollock, and then the Ferrari 488 of Johnny Molen. Totally together. Alexi Bassoff loving the fact that they are because he continues to extend the lead over seven seconds. Down to Rauch corner goes the SMP Racing Ferrari, and then in the distance, all three cars with the headlights on, the second place fight. Fifth position still in the hands of Philip Hansen in the Audi R8, by the way. Thomas Fleur is in sixth, and then it's uh, Teyu Aida in seventh position. Much better run this time from Johnny Molen. Had a quick look up the inside of Charlotte Salajolik. Now right on the terms with the Aston Martin. Is there a way by, though? Can't get the overlap on the approach to Pirelli corner. He'll try again at Wirth, but no. And now opportunity starting to run out on this lap. Anyway, might try and get a good exit out of the final corner over the line. Perfetti showing signs of pitting though. So we might now see the second place car, the Porsche gets dive into the pit lane. And this could be Johnny Merlin then, his opportunity to bring the car again in from second position. Because these cars automatically will become the second and third place machines now as Perfetti pits in the Mentos racing Porsche. It'll be Perfetti out and Klaus Bechler in. Up to turn one goes the scrap for second and third then with Sally Yollock still trying to stick those elbows out as wide as he can to keep a, a uh, rampant Johnny Merlin behind him. Really and, uh, revved up I'm sure after what's happened in the race so far on that first turn. A third consecutive fastest lap of the race now from the 72 car. 129.4 this time around takes the gap up to 9.6 seconds. Johnny Merlin will be desperate now to get by this Aston Martin. Sally Yollock, I have to say, he's doing a great job of keeping him back. Yes, because there's, I mean, there's not blocking as such. He's no, not no. swerving across the road. This is fair driving. And really, the outright pace of the Aston Martin is uh, proving itself to be a stern challenge for the new Ferrari 488 with its twin turbocharged engine. Francesco Castellacci gets aboard the 51 Ferrari. And uh, in two comes number five Lamborghini. Calvarelli will be getting aboard that car. 
and we are almost at half distance so expect the flurry of pit stoppers to begin roughly at this point we might get a few more at the end of this lap but Johnny Molin will stay in the car for as long as possible Whereas all the other cars in the field, of course, started with their bronze driver, so we're likely to see those cars stop sooner rather than later to give the lion's share to the pro driver. Some teams might decide to slice it exactly 50-50. Johnny Merlin still can't find a way by Sally Yolok, though, as they, uh, the second-place fight heads on to its 35th lap now. Meanwhile, Alexi Bassoff playing games again at the front. It's a new Sector 1 fastest time an absolute best so going purple through there can he add to it with two further purple sectors we'll have to wait and see he takes the lead for the first time since the safety car beyond 10 seconds as Klaus Backler comes out into the battle so Mentos racing back into the race Perfetti will feel like he's done a decent job there apart from the spin which meant that uh, from second place he fell to third Thomas Fleur has been in Castellacci and therefore hands over to Italian Castellacci and that's another 488 from AF Corsa the sort of 51 car back into the race and we've also seen a stop for the number five Lamborghini the triple F racing team by ACM so Tayu Aida handing over to Andrea Calderelli Yep. Police look on. You can see here. Move along. As that's uh, that's uh, as uh, the Aston Martin pits through goes Johnny Molan. He will be scored in second position on this lap. But the leader's in. The leader's in. Alexi Bassoff. There he is. So across the line, Johnny Molan now will lead the race with another 30 seconds to go. We will reach half distance. So car five has already done the stop we're seeing 34 and uh, 72 down pit road Sally Yollock handing over to you and Hanky in a moment or two and Victor Scheitar will strap himself in to the SMP racing Ferrari but Alexi Bassoff will be very very happy with the job he's done uh, the safety car in the middle of the stint won't have helped but uh, he didn't let that uh, flummox him and stress him out too much just got his head down did the hard work again and has built the gap up as Graham says before the stop to over 10 seconds Victor Scheitart, he's strapped in, you and Hanky the same, a little way down the pit lane, and Nigel Moore now getting aboard the Audi, After, I have to say, very good stint from Philip Hansen. Yeah, well, continue to improve actually through the stint, he set his best time of the race, probably about three laps before the pit stop, so... He will show consistency, but also some improvement as well as the team jump into action. A lot of gravel on the exit of the pit lane, and the marshals doing a brave job down there, relying on their colleagues to warn of any other cars to leave the pit lane, no doubt with whistles. But uh, the brooms in action to clear up the gravel that's been left by presumably the number five Lamborghini Huracan, which had that very gravelly off-track moment uh, with the uh, leader at the wheel and needed a snatch tractor to get it back into the race but I called that a bit too early saying that the five car would need to retire it's certainly not done it's uh, back in the race and we assume with Calderelli at the wheel although Aida is still being displayed at the moment in the number five car on our timing screen Jody Mullen climbs out of the car the 25 car so the car is scored in the lead for a lap however Dunbar will climb aboard so down the pit lane goes Alexi a bit of bodywork there it looked like 
Hopefully that's Michelin tyres and you and Hanky trying to work out just how much grip is available on the exit of that corner. So Sally Yolok that's a former drive uh, for the number 34 car. Now you and Hanky has skipped ahead during the stops. Yes, yeah, indeed. So Klaus Beckler is now behind the Aston Martin due to a, a better stop for the Aston crew. Tom Ferrier's uh, well-rehearsed team did a 2.03 and the Porsche was in the pit lane for a 2.02. So I'm not quite sure how that's hmm. happened, but there has been a, a change after the stops with the Aston now in front. Because and I think that's going to be because uh, Johnny Molan pushed on for that lap. Sorry, not Johnny Molan. Apologies. I really don't know how that's happened. But, but uh, Black Beckler makes quick work of it anyway to get by you and Hanky. And Hanky tried to defend that into Rauch corner, but he was not going to hand hold uh, the local boy back. This uh, man, of course, racing on home turf. And, well, he was asked by Charlie George whether he likes this circuit. Kept his powder relatively dry, really. He says, yeah, well, I am Austrian. I probably should like this. I think he really loves it. Because this outlap is phenomenal. Wow. And look, by the way, at the number 25 Ferrari and, crucially, in the front left corner. The team may have addressed that loose dive plane. They may have been happy with it. Over the line then comes Victor Scheiter, having taken over the number 72 Ferrari. And in the distance, Klaus Beckler... What can Klaus do? Headlights ablaze for the second place car, the third place Aston not very far away. And heading then out of turn number one comes the young Austrian. Feeding back into the mix is Ivor Dunbar. A, and that car is on the same lap, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Back out the fourth, it was scored at the, in the lead at the start of that Of course lap. it was. So uh, th this is a real world fourth position now for Ivor Dunbar. So Dunbar working his way now through Remus Corner. He'll be struggling to lay the power down out of that second turn, but running in fourth position then. Behind you and Hanky, behind Klaus Beckler and behind Victor Scheitar. Francesco Castellacci is in fifth position, having taken the 51 Ferrari over from Thomas Fleur. And was his contact with the barrier? Yes, it was on the pit lane exit. Now, the marshals were out there sweeping that's quite a lot of gravel up. That's why. Is that the reason why the the, why the uh, Lamborghini could not turn in and the car is stopped actually on the circuit? The car is stopped on the circuit for the number five machine, still showing Tayu Aida at the wheel, but I reckon that's uh, Calderelli who just could not get that car turned at the end of the pit lane. And Disastrous. for both cars, they've destroyed the front left corner of both the McLaren and the uh, Lamborghini. Admittedly, the McLaren incident was no way their fault. But Calderelli just turned in at the usual point where he would expect the grip to come and the car skates off because of all the gravel there and into the barrier. Well, I think, no, I think the gravel actually came from the Lamborghini. It was shaken think, from it. I think it, it was really. shaken from the Lamborghini. I do Maybe. wonder, we, we, we've seen before where you get a bit of gravel stuck in a brake disc and a, a brake caliper. wonder whether or not it was something to do with the steering. Marshals were out there desperately trying to sweep all the excessive gravel away, so maybe so. Some news, though, from the pit lane and Charlie George. Yes, I'm here with Johnny Molan. Johnny, um, that was somewhat eventful, not the Sunday drive you might have been hoping for. No, you can say that again. Everyone was saying to me, because we chose to go different, slightly different strategy to everyone else, because with um, Ivor, I'm trying to give him a car a little ways up there, and I think he operates better like that in terms of having to mix it with the cars at the beginning. And everyone was saying, yeah, you know, Matt Griffin came up, yeah, I'm looking for you to be, you know, leading after two laps, whatever. But, I mean, some of the guys out there are very, very quick, uh, and Basov in particular was quick. But going into first corner, trying to keep out of trouble, 
and literally there's a car in front of me, he just moved to the right and there was a car literally head on. I j nearly missed him. I mean, it must have been like an inch and just banged the left front, damaged the bodywork, but also it uh, bent the steering slightly so that I had quite a big vibration. So from that moment in, we pitted, made sure it was safe. And then I just went out and drove as hard as I could all the time. I think I was quicker than everyone except the leader, almost just about matching him. And then we had the safety car course right back up. Pitted in, in second legitimately. Um, and then obviously I think uh, Basov pitted one lap before us. But we'll see what happens now. The important thing is that Ivor Dunbar enjoys it and we keep the car in one piece. Well done for remembering all that one for one. Um, a big accident for you recently. Is all okay now? Yeah, thanks for asking. Um, I had a bit of a, 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 quite a bad sort of man flu situation going on before then. And then I think because I got quite bad uh, bruising and my lungs got bruised and then I developed a chest infection. So I raced at Mossport last weekend with the same car, the Bar 1 motorsport team, brilliant to, re to fix it. Because it was a 170 mile an hour impact in a straight line when I got turned around on the straight at Watkins. Uh, so um, I'm not feeling 100%, but when I'm in the car, I don't think about it and I'm absolutely fine apart from a little bit of a infection. Thanks very much, Johnny. Thank you. Thank you. Made of stern stuff, Johnny Molem, and that was proven at the six hours of the Glen a few weekends ago, as he says. But good to hear that he's on the mend and clearly not lost any of his pace this weekend. Uh, Ivor Dunbar now at the wheel of the number 25 Ferrari, and it's just lost fourth position to Francesco Castellacci in the silver number 51 Ferrari. I've noticed, though, good work at the pit stop by the, the, uh, the uh, DFF racing crew. They have fixed that, um, that front dive plane on the left-hand side, so uh, within that pit stop, they did manage to effect a repair. Um, Oliver Dunbar, that now though, is uh, being caught pretty rapidly as well by uh, Nigel Moore. So we keep an eye on Ivor's times. It's a good theory from them to actually get him in the mix and get him racing. Uh, we've noted through the uh, free practice and qualifying that uh, Ivor's times, whilst not at the sharp end of the bronze drivers here, we wouldn't expect that. It's a relatively new addition to the pack, but uh, we're improving interesting to see what happens now during the race class Backler, meanwhile is catching the leader I thought he might be somehow yes uh, he has come out like a man possessed from uh, the pit lane certainly was not hanging around on the outlap and Victor Scheitar in about another 15 minutes or so could be in under an awful lot of pressure 4.8 seconds is the gap he found did class Backler two tenths of a second on Victor Scheitar and Klaus, remember, is a gold-graded driver. And he's up against Victor Scheitar, who is a silver, but actually similar pace offered by both Bassoff and Victor Scheitar. So across the piece, you could say that uh, SMP racing a slightly better place. But Klaus Beckler, I think, a little bit frustrated that he didn't get in the car at Imola, uh, will be really revved up here to try and close in on the race leader and don't discount you and Hanky. TF Sport came here as championship leaders albeit by a point could be on for another podium a good stint again from Sally Yollock it's uh, been a stop-start affair his career and he's been known in the UK for having some quite big accidents in the British GT Championship but he has stamped that well and truly out of his uh, of his portfolio it would seem in recent times and has a cracking 2016 season up until this point Ewan Hankey has been helping him along for the last probably three or four years and the duo come to Red Bull Ring as I say well placed in the championship so third position for Hankey Klaus Beckler though in second did the gap come down again on that lap yes it did by three tenths of a second 
that's all he needs to do at this stage is just keep the pressure on, keep the pressure on Ewan Hankey, in fact, uh, just slightly caught uh, Backler as well. So these three cars are getting closer together as a trio. Ferrari, Porsche, Aston, and then another Ferrari in fourth position, Francesco Castellacci, who is managing to pedal that car quicker than it's done all race, a 130.4, which isn't too far away from the pace being shown by Beckler and by Ewan Hankey. So he's unlikely to catch those cars, but can consistently run in fourth. He's got ahead of Ivor Dunbar, and so too actually as Nigel Moore now in the number 19 Audi. So Nigel up to fifth position, Dunbar slips to sixth, Aida, we know, no longer in the race. And sadly, the ailing number 14 Ferrari of Adrian Delina now. They did that driver change, but it's been in the pits six times. Admittedly, one of those was behind the safety car when the train was guided into the pit lane rather than run into an affected area at Turn 1 where there was potentially a lot of gravel and also uh, body parts for carbon fibre, but also a little bit of suspension uh, mechanics as well, which you don't want in a tyre. So Eduardo Freitas, the uh, race director, deciding to take the field through the pit lane instead. Um, message on the screen, which pales into insignificance, really, about car number five and the pit stop under investigation because the car no longer in the race. It's stopped out on the circuit. It's how much worse can their day get, really, isn't it? Uh, you, know, you say about the 14, the 14 could come away here, conceivably, if it can run trouble free to the end, with seventh place at worst... And it's a points battle here, so... Yes, it's, I mean, that's indicative of how important it is to just keep plodding on, uh, racing round, and But not hope. a competitive pace, it is fair to say. Yeah, but hope that something, some element of the race will come towards you, and as you say, seventh place points, not to be sniffed at, in a cup that will continue on for a further three rounds important to score well across all six races and just see where you end up in the championship now, man on the move in terms of pace at the moment so the last time around was Ewan Hankey and he's taken two or three tenths out of class Backler again continues to do so the top three separated by six and a half seconds as they come round to complete lap 42 Ewan Hankey quicker than he's managed or the car has managed the previous time around and uh, not very far off that uh, lap for the 42nd time as well 130.3 for Ewan tremendous consistency though being shown by the four guys out front they're all in the 130s and it's like a 133.3 and then a 0.4 maybe on the next lap back to a 0.3 this is why these guys are professional racing drivers I'm going to take a guess at what's happened here with the number 5 car Go on. And I'm going to take a guess that uh, he didn't have his belt stood up properly. And that's what caused the issue. At, uh, that's why we're now getting a, 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 a message on the screen that says car five team manager the stewards immediately. Wow. Okay. I wonder whether so or not that is part of it. That uh, distracted by whatever was happening in the car yes. is what caused the issue at pit exit. That might not We've be a bad idea, actually. So trying to wrestle the belts, you know, wrench them down to make sure that you're safely in the car and then forget to brake or brake later than you should do up towards the not-quite-turn-one. Of course, it's the pit lane turn-one, if you like. It is a sharp right-hand corner there. We didn't see the five-car leave its pit box. No. So we don't know whether or not that is the, the what, what's actually... It was, it was talking about uh, the, the unsafe release 
So was it unsafe release in terms of the manner of the car leaving its pit box or was it the state in which the car or the driver was in at that point? No doubt we will find out in due course. Not sure whether that will be displayed on our timing screen, but uh, post-race it will be something to try and find out with Triple F Racing. Maybe significant that actually that was the quickest of the pit stops. 201, it was quicker. Yes, OK. And running it very close to the minimum spit, uh, pit stop time. Uh, Andrea Caldarelli will have been well and truly revved up to try and get that car back into the top five, certainly back into the equation as far as points are concerned. Very unusual incident, that, though, with Caldarelli presumably at the wheel, by the way. Aida was displayed, and I'm assuming that was just an error with the, the dial which identifies the drivers inside the car. Surely the pit stop infringement wasn't the fact that they didn't change drivers. Uh, you would hope not. <laughs> 45 minutes to go, and Francesco Castellacci in the number 51 Ferrari, the 488, powers its way out of Rauch Corner. Victor Scheitar leads the motor race, though, with an hour and 15 minutes gone. Again, great consistency being shown by certainly all four drivers but good pace being found by Beckler, Hanke and Castellacci all going quicker than they've managed so far than their relevant cars have managed in the race and is the gap Graham closing between third and fourth now? Uh, it is a little uh, that's just a little bit of a positive and an otherwise negative day for the uh, 14 Ferrari crew, Delaney takes one of its laps back from Ivor Dunbar but, uh, but yet yeah, what we're getting here is Castellacci is catching certainly the second place Porsche, Hanke is catching the second place Porsche from third and is also catching the leader marginally there's, there's very good pace indeed in the top four cars at the moment Adrian Delina though showing that they of course have done a good job, it might be a quick fix to try and get that car back to competitive pace but Adrian Delina having a bit more joy than Pierre-Marie managed 132.2 is a respectable time in that uh, number 14 Ferrari so fingers crossed that they of course can nurse it to the finish and get some well try and rescue some points which may be all important come the end of the season there is Victor Scheitart running a bit off the track there all four wheels clear of the white line but over the kerb and again all four wheels off through that right hander as well so that shows just how hard he's pushing, feeling the pressure perhaps from Klaus Beckler and Ewan Hanke who's now gone quicker than anyone through sector two. So the Aston Martin getting into its stride. Ewan Hanke can argue was uh, been a little bit slow to get up to full speed in this stint but he's there now, well and truly in the rhythm. 1.3 seconds is the gap then between Hanke and Klaus Beckler. Beckler was very keen indeed to get past the Aston Martin of course, the Aston was on cold tyres at the time. Now, Hanke powers his way out of turn number one, getting the gap down, as I say, to just over a second. Francesco Castellacci quicker than the two cars up ahead of him. The problem is he's got 12 seconds to try and find on Ewan Hanke and Klaus Beckler and may just run out of laps. 43 minutes to go of this third round of the season for the Michelin GT3 Le Mans Cup then. Off racing Porsche works its way down to Rauch Corner for the 46th time. Klaus Beckler 
with 5.3 seconds to try and find on the race leader but Victor Scheitart is responding to the times that Beckler were putting in in the early part of the stint heading through Pirelli corner now is the Austrian and right behind him British driver Ewan Hankey is much quicker he was quicker through sector one uh, sorry, slightly slower than since through sector one, but he was half a second quicker through sector two. So the picture at the moment is Hanky catching Battler um, and catching the leader. So the, the lead gap, first to third, is down to 6.7 seconds now. And Hanky is just 1.4 seconds off. Uh, Klaus Battler. Over the line goes the Aston Martin. And 7.2 seconds away from the race leader. But the gap is coming down between he and Klaus Bechler. Found about a tenth of a second on him that time around. It really is very even stuff, isn't it? Across <laughs> the full lap between the top four. Phenomenal stuff. They're always in the 130s. And it's been interesting to watch generally the times come down from 130.5 to 0.4. And now pretty much all four drivers are posting 130.2s. In fact, the race leader, 130.1 for Shaitar, 30.121 on lap 46. There is the race leader then, heading up towards Pirelli corner now. Headlights certainly pick these cars out in the increasing gloom. Still no hint of that uh, precipitation that we was threatened at the start of the race. 50% chance of some rainfall like we might just get away with it and complete this event in dry conditions still a full 40 minutes though to go Victor Scheitar leads from Klaus Beckler let's get another update though from the pit lane and Charlie George yeah I'm down here with Sally Yolick uh, Sally that really was an eventful stint for you and it looks like a couple of bits of contact as well yeah to turn one we got a bit lucky with the with the contact in front of us uh, but after that, the safety car, the second safety car, just uh, mixed it up a little bit for us because I was starting to put uh, some gap to the Porsche. Uh, it, all, it got all of us together again, and he just passed me with his experience. So, but it was it was it was okay, I think. And this is your first time racing at Red Bull Ring. What do you make of the circuit? Uh, it's okay. It's a, it's a bit hard. We we've struggled a little bit on the free practice sessions yesterday. Uh, it's only today we, we found some more pace, but I think if, after this race it would be better for the next time we come here. So it's not the maximum, I think. Thank you very much, Sally. Yeah, that really tells you that you know that your second time at a circuit can be so much further on. You haven't got all that preliminary work to do. You haven't got to learn the track. You, know, you can do some of that, I suppose, before your first visit on a simulator, but you're just so much further on in terms of setup and experience on your second visit to a track. And I think uh, Sally Yollock will enjoy if he sticks with the Michelin GT3 Le Mans Cup and assuming the calendar is the same as last year or similar to it, then he'll really enjoy visiting places on the second occasion. And certainly from some of the uh, teams in the European Le Mans series who have been here and drivers who have driven here before saying that, yes, they've got reference points about this track. Obviously, they know which way the corners go. But because the track has been resurfaced, a lot of the, 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 the tiny little bits of data you retain and are done. You've got to really relearn this to find out where the best grip, uh, grip is, where the best lines are with this resurfaced track. And Ewan Hankey, I think he's getting his head around this. 
uh, because he's providing a stern challenge here for Klaus Backler. Yes, they have had uh, quite a bit of running already this weekend, of course. Two free practice sessions yesterday and then the qualifying session uh, earlier on today as well. But not a lot of turnaround time between qualifying this morning and the race this afternoon. That's the beauty of the Michelin GT3 Le Mans Cup. A little bit how the European Mans Series ran last year in that you've got qualifying and the race on the same day. ELMS is a longer weekend for 2016 with free practice starting on the Friday afternoon another free practice session in the morning and then qualifying just after lunch for the ELMS cars followed by a four hour race on Sundays but it's a more compact schedule for these cars but that means that things stay in the memory I suppose from qualifying and the two session format within that everybody out in the first session and then the top 10 go into Super Bowl for the second 15 minutes. It was entertaining stuff earlier on today. And this is the race proper now with a little over 35 minutes still to go. They're down in the 129s now, by the way. Victor Scheitar certainly is. We're waiting to see whether Klaus Beckler can get close to that. Well, he's just done the car's best lap of the race, a 130.2. Ewan Hankey is 1.4 seconds off the rear wing as Hankey then heads into turn number one, 130.6. So the pace has dropped very slightly away from the point threes that we have seen in recent times. 2.4, unfortunately. Oh, is totally out today, <laughs> 2.4 seconds. But, 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 you know, lap by lap, uh, what we're seeing is Klaus Backler will, bu will bung in a, a, a really quick one for that car. And as Johnny says, 130.2 is the best we've seen from the Porsche this time might get a, a, a lap where Ewan Hankey maybe drops two or three tenths but then he'll punch back and all the while that's happening a little way further back down the road uh, Francesco Castellacci is trying his level best to catch these guys um, and he's the one at the moment that of, the, of the three chasing cars that appears able to put in the sub 130 times he's done it at least once uh, but he just he's struggling to crack that 19 second gap for the leader yeah, matching the guys in front, but just can't uh, find the extra tenth that would bring that gap down, I suppose. It's a big margin. It's always going to be a big margin to try and home in on. Nigel Moore still out there, by the way, in the number 19 Audi, running in fifth position. And Ivor Dunbar in sixth, ahead of Adrian Delina. Car way, way off the pace in terms of laps completed but Adrian Delina is down in the 131, so it's going quickly. The problem is that it can't uh, be in with a shout of a top-five finish any longer, being 15 laps off the pace. Over the line goes Francesco Castellacci in fourth position. As Graham says, uh, nearly 20 seconds behind Victor Scheitart in a similar Ferrari 488. Out of turn one, then, goes the silver and red machine run by AF Corsa Castellacci 50 laps done and dusted by the way for Victor Scheitar now so a bit of a landmark hit there well over half distance almost two uh, almost three quarter distance in fact another five minutes and we'll be there and 6.3 seconds is the gap from Scheitar back to Klaus Beckler third position Ewan Hankey fourth is Castellacci fifth position Nigel Moore Sixth place, Ivor Dunbar. There is Nigel. Philip Hansen, an impressive stint for him. And the team from Yorkshire uh, continually learning this car and also how to race well 
in the Michelin GT3 Le Mans Cup. And looking for the next step on the ladder, and for them, it will be LMP3. They, they are uh, the proud recipients of a new Ligier JSP3 that uh, they plan to race in the soon-to-be-launched British series. And my guess would be that we might see next year, possibly the year after, Topwith Motorsport look to step up into LMP3 in the European Le Mans series. And that's what this series is all about. It's a feeder series for ACL World Racing, whether it be in GT cars or in prototypes. And clearly young Philip Hansen is targeting that as a career move for himself up the order. This provides a great framework to learn your trade, to learn these circuits, which, as you said earlier, Johnny, you're absolutely right, is a very key part of this. Uh, it's not just the car, it's not just unlocking, unlocking that potential, it's, it's learning to race on these circuits that, uh, when, it, when it gets the really tough stuff, the mixed-class sports car racing that clearly a lot of these gentlemen drivers have got targeted, they've got a better knowledge bank to build upon, and Philip Hansen has impressed me this weekend. Ewan Hankey going quicker again than anyone's managed through sector one. Can he back that up with a further purple sector on this lap, I wonder? Car 34 then running in third position. And, and the Aston Martin, by the way, now holds the fastest sector times for sectors one and two. Not on the same lap, but the potential time is there in that car. And he does the same in sector two. Wow. So he is really managing to find some good speed in that Aston Martin now. The car continually getting lighter, of course. They'll have fueled it for the uh, full stint of Ewan Hankey, so they'll be running on the dregs towards the end of the stint. But uh, presumably then it's starting to handle a little bit better with a slight, slight bit of, of less weight on its wheels. The tyre wear, though, will be contributing potentially to a slower time, but a 129.567 0.887 rather is Ewan Hankey's best lap of the race the car's best lap of the race and that came from two absolute best sectors on that uh, on that lap Victor Scheitel meanwhile puts a lap on the uh, the, uh, the FF Corsa Ferrari while Dunbar's run for home continues Klaus Beckler going through sector one quicker than that car's managed now as well so we're still seeing improvements and still, I think, for the teams, the threat of rain hangs above this circuit because there are one or two wet weather tyres being prepared just in case it goes uh, a little wrong towards the end of this race and uh, the rain starts to fall. But, as I say, that threat's been there for much of the day. We've seen no rainfall to this point. There was a 50% chance of precipitation at the start of the two hours. You never know quite what the racing gods will throw at you. So... All precautions being taken down in the pit lane. But for a moment, I think, at the start, the, this current lap for Ewan Hankey dropped a little bit of time to the lead pair there, but has punched back in the middle sector. This is shaping up, potentially, to be quite a close finish. Times are tumbling here, there and everywhere. Victor Scheitar slower again than Klaus Bechler he only lost a couple of tenths but he had to overtake Arvid Dunbar in that, in that, on that lap that's true so 5.8 seconds is the gap but uh, we're looking more interestingly at Ewan Hankey a slightly slower lap that time around though for the Brit but nevertheless he's showing great speed in the Aston Martin here is Klaus Bechler putting another lap on Ivor Dunbar into turn number two taking plenty of kerb on the exit of Remus and he'll head now down the hill towards Rauch Corner for the 54th time. 
We are homing in on just 30 minutes of this race to go, and it will be 30 minutes as opposed to the Renault races that happened a bit earlier on today, which have a, an extra lap tagged onto the race distance. As soon as the lead car heads across the line with the clock reading zero, that is the end of the race. Klaus Beckler charging his way then out of Pirelli corner and into Verth. Still taking plenty of kerb in places and the Aston Martin almost bottoming out there on the exit of Verth corner. Just looked a bit more aggressive did the body language of the Vantage compared to the 991 GT3 car although way off the track there goes Klaus Beckler and out of the final corner. So 30 minutes to go Who's your money on? Victor Scheitar, who leads the race. 6.4 seconds now, the gap. So that was a, well, a really good lap from Scheitar and not particularly special one from Beckler. So it's opened the gap up a little bit. 6.4 seconds, to say, the margin for the Russian race leader. Ewan Hanke is in third position. Francesco Castellacci in fourth. And he's actually the quickest of the top four right now. Last lap from the second and third place cars, 130.645 from Klaus Backler, 130.646 from Ewan Hankey. So there's consistency between the Porsche and the Aston Martin across a full lap. You're absolutely right, Johnny, seven tenths quicker than that last time around, but still has not broken the 19-second bogey from the from the leader. is uh, Francesco Castellacci, and he must be getting quite frustrated here. He's uh, driving the wheels off that Ferrari. He cannot close in on the cars ahead of him. And even the car immediately ahead of him is 10 seconds away. That's 9 seconds to 19 seconds. Definitely 10 seconds. Definitely I can do seconds. that calculation. <laughs> and Scassolacci then. Uh, it must be so frustrating for him to be putting in good lap times, but he just cannot get anywhere near to the three cars up the road from him. But that's a mark of the consistency to see that the top three are actually showing in this phase of the race. What's going to be interesting now as we get into this final half hour as the fuel load comes off, as the tyres get more worn, which can show more, more consistency across the hour. You've got the mid-engined Ferraris, you've got the front-engined Aston Martin, the rear-engined Porsche. It's getting cooler out there. You, we could see this swing in one way. Will it swing to the extent of the, the gaps we've got now? 6.4 seconds first to second, a further 2.5 seconds back to you and Hankin, a further 10 seconds back for Castellacci. Well, that remains to be seen. 130.1 for the race leader, 130.1 for the second place car, Beckler, 130.1 for the third place car, Ewan Hanke, and 130.2, which ruins the pattern there from Francesco Castellacci, but that's the kind of consistency we're talking about, and they're doing this lap after lap, it's phenomenal stuff, Nigel Moore not very far away, having just done a 130.8 in the Audi, but he is a further 20 seconds adrift of Francesco Castellacci, as Beckler works his way out of Rauch corner. The car launches forward onto its front wheels as it breaks then for Pirelli corner. And then heading into the second left-hander at Verth. Aston Martin in third position. Gap is 2.4 seconds between Beckler and Ewan Hankey. Castellacci with his best first sector of the lap. It was a, a personal best lap time for Klaus Beckler last time around, 130.1, and he's gone even quicker. In fact, he matches Victor Scheitar's lap time to the thousandth. So we've 
made the emphasis here about the, the fact that these guys are consistent. Well, both Scheitar and Beckler do a 130.083 on lap 56 of the race. And Ewan Hankey was only, what, six hundredths of a second quicker than that as well. <laughs> Staggering stuff. It's, these lap times are getting closer to one another. Sadly, at the moment, what we don't have is, as a result, cars getting closer to one another because they're all doing exactly the same lap time. But this is, the, I mean, more than anything else, we, you know, we talk about professional racing drivers and their speed. Of course, that's the game. But actually, much, much more than that, and particularly in endurance racing, it's consistency. Mm -hmm. It is about consistency. It's about managing to punch these lap times out, lap after lap after lap, through a whole stint, through an hour, through a double stint. And this, this is what these guys do. And it, this is something, it's so difficult, so difficult to produce that level of consistency to the 10th, to the 100th, to the 1,000th. And yet, time after time after time, these guys do it. 25 minutes remain. After Scheitar at the penultimate corner, he ran very wide there and uh, caught with his left side tyres the, uh, the corrugated yellow sausage uh, curbs. So that will have unsettled the car and potentially going to do damage as well to suspension bits possibly tyre wear too also plenty of the sausage curb caught there on the exit of turn one as well so powers his way up the hill of course the result of clobbering those curves may not be felt immediately but it'll be later on in his stint that the vibration really makes itself felt into the 129s again for Scheitar and for Hanke uh, taking a couple of tenths out of class battle last time 8.9 seconds the gap between the top three and they are beginning to pull away a little from Francesco Castellacci who can't match this ultimate pace at the moment it's only tense in it but it's consistent tense and it's made the difference between that gap now being 19 seconds to the leader and 20 Adrian Delina has managed to take the number 14 car around the Red Bull circuit quicker than it's managed all race a 131.1 is a respectable time that's Nigel Moore pace at the moment indeed it is yeah and uh, Nigel running in fifth Ivor Dunbar is in sixth in the 135s there is a chance then that Adrian Delina might get a further lap back on Ivor Dunbar at least but the problem for it, Adrian is that he is 14 laps away from race leader Victor Scheitel and therefore the other five cars the other four cars on the lead lap another very quick time from Scheitar into the 129.5 now so just a tenth and a half away from the fastest lap of the race into the 129s this time for Backler and that's pace this time that you and Hanke can't manage so 29.5 for the race leader a 129.9 for Backler and Ewan Hanke still in the 30s as Graham mentions and Victor Scheitar could be on for further improvement here with a purple time through sector 1 as Diego uh, Maia in one of the Renault races described though sector one here at Red Bull Ring includes one corner effectively but it's quite an important corner turn number one uh, determines your optimum speed at the top of the hill as you cross the sector beam just before turning at sector two so Scheitel we know was quick up the hill there to give you an idea just the, the tolerances we're talking here sector one last time through for the four leading cars, 22.755 seconds for Scheitar, 22.761 seconds, six thousandths out from that 
for Ewan Hankey. 22.756, one thousandth of a second different for Francesco Castellacci. Incredible stuff. More purple times coming through. Ewan Hankey now quicker than anybody else through sector two. So we've got a purple time at sector one for Shaitar. Purple time sector two for Ewan Hankey. World class Beckler, therefore, that'd be the quickest time so far through sector three to complete the set. Over the line he will go in a moment. Sadly, not for uh, OCD people like me. But nevertheless, uh, it's a good time for Ewan Hankey. 129.675 for Ewan Hankey in the number 34 Aston. So he's found some ground on Klaus Beckler, four tenths there or thereabouts. And a very good time from Castellacci as well, although it's not quicker than Ewan Hankey. So the gap is still, well, a little over 10 seconds now. Back to Castellacci in fourth position. Ewan Hankey is closing the gap to Klaus Beckler. That's there it is, in fact, on track. That's so. the gap that looks most likely to produce a potential positional change in this stage. I would agree with that. Uh, Hankey does seem to be able to pull those laps out the bag more often than Beckler does. Here is Francesco Castellacci, the car started by Thomas Fleur, who did a good job. And Italian driver now taking it to the flag. Sadly, at the moment, Francesco with nobody to play with in fourth position. Looks in the mirror, can't see anybody. Looks ahead, can't see anybody. Wonders if there's anybody else in this race. There definitely is. The top three are again having a bit of fun here. We're seeing more purple times, Graham. And it's uh, fastest first sector for the 72 car. Looks pretty much away and clear at this stage, but Ewan Hankey takes another four tenths out of Klaus Backler. And down to 1.5 seconds. Uh, Scheiter follows that one up, by the way, with a 27.1 in the final sector. That is one hundredth of a second outside the fastest lap of the race, so 29.442. But it's four tenths to the good that time around. Second to third, Ewan Hankey catching Klaus Backler again. It is 1.7 seconds is the gap. So Scheitar, purple through sector one, purple through sector three, so must have been snail-like through sector two to not get the fastest lap uh, and beat his own time, 129.432. As Graham says, that was set on lap 33. And we're now at lap 60 with 20 and a half minutes to go of the third round of the Michelin GT3 Le Mans Cup for 2016. Round still to come at Paul Ricard at Spa-Francorchamps and at Estoril in Portugal to complete the season of this inaugural cup and designed entirely to get interest for the main championship, I suppose, the European Le Mans series. This is what was GTC in ELMS in 2016. We have had improvements in terms of the entry from GTC through to Michelin uh, GT3 Le Mans Cup. We had about five cars regularly turning up for the ELMS in GTC last year. Well, that's been doubled and... Certainly a chance of us having 12 cars at Paul Ricard, if not more, at the end of August. 29.5 this time around, 129.5 from Shaitar. The answer to that challenge is a 130 dead from, uh, from Backler. Hankey was up in the first two sectors, but dropped back a little more again. It's, it's 1.8 seconds is the gap between second and third position. Yeah. The question is, can he find can he find something in this last 20 minutes of the race? We have been close to 1.8 seconds, I think, before for Hanke, getting close to Beckler. Is it the case that Beckler could up the pace should he need to? He's comfortable at this sort of speed. 
but if it came to a battle, could Bechlet actually see off Ewan Hankey? Not easily, but with uh, a little bit of control. Hankey has had some time to think about this, of course. He's charging so hard here to close in on this Porsche and give himself a chance of second-place points. This was all set up nicely for Ewan after a great stint from Sally Yollock. Kind of gifted second position back again after Egidio Perfetti spun the car out of turn seven. It was the Porsche, of course, that Perfetti was at the wheel of. The car pirouetting once. He found first gear very quickly, rejoined the race, but lost second place to that Aston Martin. And this battle, really, between the Porsche and the Aston has been the story of the race so far, together with the dominance of SMP Racing and Alexi Bassoff's stint particularly, but AB supported by Victor Scheitar. Scheitar now enjoying a, an 8.7 second lead over Klaus Bechler. And the biggest question mark is what order these cars, these two cars in shot now are going to finish in. Will it be Porsche ahead of Aston or Aston ahead of Porsche come the podium? Francesco Castellacci is 11 seconds now adrift of Ewan Hankey, but in no danger of losing fourth place to Nigel Moore, who remains on the lead lap. He's in the third sector at the moment, completing or soon to complete his 62nd lap, and that's the best lap actually of Nigel Moore's race so far in the number 19 Audi. Ah, is this as a result of running wide, or is that a replay to show us the sparks? from the front left corner of the splitter. Yes, indeed it was. I'd seen a hint of sparks from that Audi earlier on in the race, but nothing to that extent, as that compression part of the circuit, the car bottoming out and the splitter scraping the ground briefly. So ride height might be a little bit of a concern for talk with motorsports come the end of the race. Philip Hansen, though, really impressed in his opening stint and hands over to Nigel Moore who we know from his successes in Ginetta racing in the past and more so GT racing of recent times uh, has uh, impressive speed as do other members of his family as well Sarah Ooh. Moore's sister very very quick but a sideways moment there Big for Nigel yeah that will have grabbed the attention he enjoyed that actually <laughs> maybe an indication that these Michelin tyres are getting uh, through their lifespan now and will have seen better days certainly after nearly 45 minutes of running at an abated speed there is Alexi Bassoff by the way deep in conversation with the team not looking quite as relaxed as I expected he would do but Victor Scheitar a good pair of hands to have behind the wheel of your Ferrari 488 and that is Boris Rittenberg is it no, no, that's uh, Sergei Slobin and that's oh, uh, the background there that is um, a Ferrari of course uh, Sergei Slobin uh, the inaugural LMP2 champion mm. in the FIWC for SMP Racing now handles the commercial side of the racing GT racing side of uh, SMP you do a deal for uh, to race with SP, you do it with um, Sergei Slobin, and believe you me, he's got a crushing handshake. <laughs> the Ferrari, I noticed there, generating a bit of sparks as well into the penultimate corner. Boris, uh, the Sergei uh, Slobin uh, is quick on the phone there, maybe yep. filling out the, another deal <laughs> for the next meeting. Trying to get me sorted out somehow, but uh, 129.2 now, the fastest lap of the race. 
goes to Victor Scheiter on his lap 64. And he does that without setting a purple sector in any of the three sectors. So out of turn one he goes. And yeah, one of those quirky laps which actually wasn't better than other cars have managed in this race. But across the piece, it was the best lap of anyone so far a 129.271 again that's a, a model of consistency I suppose uh, there's some dust up ahead of the Aston there and is that's that the Ferrari? That's either done oh no that is the Ferrari that yes, is the is. lead Ferrari which is not lost 10 time. seconds ahead it's lost time yeah there was smoke there was dust ahead of the Porsche and of the Aston so I reckon Victor Scheitel's been off and run wide at turn two. Now, there's no gravel trap there as such. Did he go way, way he into did. the corner? He's been yes, he has. Into the gravel, well spotted. That's not a gravel trap, I don't it think. Is or maybe a it trap. is on the. Yes, it, okay, but yep. there is space initially for you to run off because wow. that's where the clash happened in the Formula One race a couple of weekends ago. And so. This Three is, seconds the gap. Three <laughs> seconds is the gap. All of a sudden, very, very interesting indeed <laughs> as Victor Scheitar makes an error at the top of the hill at turn two. He found the gravel and that was the dust in the air as the second and third place cars worked their way through. And this will reignite the fire, will it not, in the belly of both Clath Backler and Ewan Hankey with only 13 and a half minutes to go. Well, all of a sudden, all bets are off. And what damage, if any, as the Delena Ferrari uh, leaves the pit lane again for the seventh time. Um, what damage, if anything, is that done to the tyres of the Ferrari? It's a quick final sector time from Scheiter. So it doesn't appear to have done any major lasting damage very quick time being rolled by um, Castellacci still 10 seconds back from Hankey but now of course closer to the leader 15 seconds is the gap well that might have called Zergai Slobin's phone call to a, a halt pretty quickly I would imagine got the heartbeat racing and SMP racing It'll teach him to call, call his driver while he's, he's trying to concentrate <laughs> yeah, isn't yeah, it yeah, phones and driving don't mix <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was just a quick call to Victor. Do you fancy fish and chips for tea tonight no. as a celebration? Oh, I'm off the track. Hang on a minute. Uh, I'm back on again. And thankfully, because of that 10-second lead, were it not for such an advantage, then you know that uh, really would have meant a, a disaster for the race. But it's brought Glass Beckler and Ewan Hankey back into the equation. Depends how quickly Victor, uh, Victor Scheitar can... Level, get the level head back again and it was interesting to see him back into turn two a lap later braking just as meanly as he did previously in the race certainly wasn't taking it easy there maybe just a lapse of concentration into Remus corner well it's all on you at this stage of the race indeed it is fastest third sector of the race though for the number 72 shows that doesn't appear to be any lasting damage 129.532 it's it's not far off the fastest lap of the race either and it's quicker than both the chasing cars all now the top four into the 129s as the fuel load comes right down 5.6 seconds between first and third positions now Victor Scheitar is the driver that needs to perform in the remaining 11 and a half minutes to the flag and the headlights ablaze in the distance there Beckler and Hankey we were concentrating on the gap between the Porsche and the Aston Martin. I think, realistically, that gap between the Ferrari and the Porsche is starting to grow again. Although there's a slight question mark hovering above the 488 as regards to its tyres and whether it caught a, a nasty piece of gravel there which could have 
created a slow puncture but that would need to manifest itself pretty quickly here to cause a, an issue for Victor Scheiter and then gift the race back towards or swing the pendulum in the direction of Klaus Beckler and of Ewan Hankey who now heads over the rise there underneath the Verth Bridge and into Rint Corner ten and a half minutes to go Beckler showed great pace on the previous lap 129.838 the end of lap 67 doesn't improve, 4.3 seconds the gap then to Shaitar, race leader and it is uh, 1.5 seconds back 4 seconds back to the Aston Martin 1.5, apologies, you were right, I was wrong well, you know, it's lap after lap it's been, well, two hours of this but uh, lap after lap, it's been taking tens here, hundreds there no sense whatsoever about, there's no point in even attempting this you've got to push and it's strange because I if you'd asked me to suggest what the top three might have been by the end of the race, I probably would have given you these three cars, but not in the way that we've reached no. it. Because the first stint showed, well, displayed so much unpredictable nature of the race, I suppose, and I didn't quite think... Well, maybe that the, the uh, McLaren I would have included in the mix as well, and it was a real shame to, to lose that very early on at the first corner. And Hiroshi Hamaguchi, of course, didn't get a chance to show his true pace, Adrian Quaife Hobbs a thought for him as well, who didn't get in the car in the race and Triple F Racing, just a nightmare for them with both cars out and damaged and damaged as well and that's, uh, that's not the first time that the Lamborghini will have needed to be fixed this year after a big shunt at Imola a couple of months ago nine minutes to go then and again, the battle that looks most likely as Nigel Moore goes up the inside of the Lena Ferrari 458 is Ewan Hankey getting onto terms with the Porsche. I noticed, by the way, and apologies if you already mentioned this, Pierre-Marie Delina looks like it's back, he's back at oh, the, wow. no, the 14 car. That. So they've changed him back in well, with the car, presumably, having had a very frustrating first, uh, first stint in the car. Now they've got the car running more reliably. It seems only fair, doesn't it? It just gives the bronze driver more mileage, effectively, it doesn't does. it? And with the car, sadly, with no chance of improving its position because it's so many laps down, it is on course for seventh place points. Can't fall any lower than that with the three retirements we've already had. So a chance to get Pierre-Marie Delina back into the car to bring it to the flag. Francesco Castellacci now going quicker than anybody else through sector one. So the 51 Ferrari, again, with nobody in front or behind really a lonely race for both Thomas Fleur and Castellacci Fleur had a bit more action in his opening stint well last time around Johnny the f the top four three of them in the 129.5 first third and fourth position cars against a 129.9 for Klaus Backler Still very very quick but has lost the ultimate edge a little there this is a very quick lap indeed from uh, from Francesco Castellacci by the way this gap between the Porsche and the Aston is coming definitely right down. coming down isn't it it's less than a second now so heading through towards the it's 0.7 of a second as they head over the line and yeah so Ewan Hankey applying the pressure here with seven and a half minutes to go on Klaus Beckler we know Klaus is quick but how well has he managed his tyres, I wonder? He was certainly pushing on in the first portion of his stint. Ewan Hankey has shown great pace, but has he nursed those tyres a bit more in the early stages and has got a bit more to lean on, perhaps, towards the end of this race? 
two very quick laps there from the first and fourth position cars. 129.387, I think, is the second fastest lap of the race. And the third fastest lap of the race has come from Castellacci with a 129.4. But this is where the action's at. And this could be very important indeed for TF Sports. The additional points available for second position look to be potentially within the grasp of Ewan Hankey unless Klaus Backler is playing a very close hand. I don't think so. I don't think he is. I don't think he, this is a dangerous game to play for the Austrian, if that is the case. The uh, Aston just looks a bit more pointy, a bit more darty, wherever uh, Ewan Hankey steers this car. It seems to react far better than the Porsche does at this stage of the race. It wasn't the case earlier on, certainly. Porsche will obviously use its tyres in very different ways from the Aston Martin behind. Red hot uh, front brake still for Ewan Hankey, who continues to push on. Half Six a second. minutes to go. Half a second is the gap, and they're coming down now to complete their lap 70. 0.550 of a second between Klaus Bachler for Mentos Racing. That car started by Gidio Perfetti. TF Sports, Ewan Hankey. And that car co-driven by Sally Yollock, and you can bet that the man with the loudest voice is on the pit wall. Sally Yollock just willing you and Hanky on here to go one place better. They came here as championship leaders by a point. And remember that uh, they have done one extra round than Victor Scheitel and Alexi Basov in the SMP Racing Ferrari, so still will be well placed in the championship after this round. But would dearly like the points for second place rather than third down the straight from turns two and three they go and the Aston just looks far well far, far better planted into Rauch corner downhill approach hard onto the brakes make sure your exit's good because it leads into a double left-hander which is very quick indeed Pirelli and Verth corners plenty of curb being taken by Klaus Beckler and Klaus although a young man has been driving professionally for a number of years now so he won't let this pressure phase him of course, he will only have a certain amount of pace that he can find now. Should say the last time around, this this pair, the, the lap time was separated by two thousandths of a second. Bit of a wiggle there through the final turn from the 72 car. Seems to have it all in control. It's fastest third sector of the race. Put it about to put another lap on either Dunbar. That's a mark of the pace of the of, of the, uh, the leading car here. Yeah, it took plenty of curb through that final corner, so that will have helped him get the best sector three time of anybody. 0.7 of a second is the gap second to third. 0.7 of a second, and it has been now for a couple of laps after Ewan Hankey whittled it away. I think helped by maybe the odd error by Klaus Beckler. Out of Remus' corner, Beckler needing to keep things neat and tidy now. Three minutes and 50 seconds to go. Light starting to be flashed then by Ewan Hankey. That won't, of course, distract Klaus Beckler, but it's worth a go. As the Vantage charges its way into Rauk corner, it is a tighter run through that corner then by the front engine machine. Hits the apex a little more cleanly than the Porsche up ahead. Pirelli corner. About a car width off the apex was Klaus Beckler. Again, a neater line from the Brit behind. But this is where the Porsche kind of comes into its own a little bit more. It shows good speed through Verth and then the right-hander that immediately follows it. He's grabbing hundreds, says Hankey, in each of the sectors here. It's not enough at this stage. No. He needs to find a tenth or two and to of get course, that pressure. He, even if he can get close to the Porsche, he'll need to find a bit more than a tenth or two in an attempt to overtake. 
would suggest there's some traffic here to be dealt with though up ahead as the race leader goes over the line to complete 72 laps for the 72 Ferrari. It's exactly a tenth taken out of Klaus Backler last time around by Ewan Hankey. It is just over six tenths the gap. Two minutes and 42 seconds to go. Up the hill. Now, how easily will Ivor Dunbar be to lap? Ivor will sensibly, I think, try and stay off the racing line. Yes, he does. Plenty of blue flags being waved towards him. And he has seen the scrap coming through. So doesn't really delay Klaus Beckler or... Ewan Hankey, they got through cleanly there, both past Alina and Dunbar. And down towards Rauch Corner. Look. He had a look, didn't he? Ewan Hankey looks far better into turn number three. And then from kind of this point, well, after Pirelli Corner, the Porsche is able to open up the gap a little bit or at least keep the Aston at a safe distance. Is that just a rehearsal for what might happen on the final lap here? Do or die stuff. Well, there'll be this lap, and of course they're doing 90-second laps, so it'll be relatively close. If they can make the end of this lap within 20 seconds, we might squeeze an extra one out of this. One minute 40 to go. I reckon, no, I think it'll be this lap and one more, won't it? Well, Shaito about to finish the lap now. He does so. So we will get one more then. Fastest lap of the race, meanwhile, goes to Francesco Castellacci, chasing away in uh, fourth position still. 73 laps done, I reckon Shaita will get round again before the clock reads zero, you know. So we're potentially on for a 75-lap race here, unless Shaita gets the radio message so that if you back off by about a second, we could potentially get the race win. But there's no sign that Shaita is backing off because he's just done his best time through sector one. Up to Remus Corner then for what I reckon is the penultimate time. No indication that this is the final lap quite yet, with a minute and 31 seconds on the clock at the start of this lap, and Shaitar can get around the Red Bull ring in two seconds shy of that. Is this Ewan Hankey's opportunity at Rauch Corner? Again, is a little bit of a look, but can't find the door open. It wasn't fully alongside or near enough to, to be close alongside to make that move, so it might be a final lap charge here for second position Hanke into Pirelli corner and the gap we are definitely the... going to go for another lap so one more lap will make it 75 in total the gap at the split 0.468 of a second between Beckler and Ewan Hanke over the rise they go and down into Rint corner meanwhile the race leader way off the track that time in fact he got all four wheels clear of the curve I would say the wrong side of the white line over the line he goes with the new fastest lap of the race but he did use quite a bit extra track there and, and did so with five seconds left on the clock 129.062 this is the last lap of the race big smile from Sergei Slobby realizing exactly what Victor Scheitar is doing, trying to make a point, quite possibly, that he is still finding speed. And let's hope that SP Racing and the rest of the cars in this field have uh, got enough fuel into the cars to see them uh, complete 75 laps. The cars will be down to the dregs now in the tank, no doubt. There'll we'll need to be enough to take a fuel sample by the scrutineer at the end of the race but let's concentrate on this final circuit of the Red Bull ring all of a sudden the gap has opened up between Klaus Beckler and Ewan Hankey Hankey good on the brakes into turn three we know although half a car off the apex at Rauch corner I think this will just about decide a second place battle for whatever reason Ewan Hankey 
has lost a little bit of pace on this final lap. 22.8 through sector, sorry, 22.9 through sector one. Compare that to a 22.8 for Klaus Beckler, and it is much slower through sector two for you and Hankies Aston Martin. Has he got a fuel that. And another <laughs> that might have been commentator's curse saying, let's hope they've got to all the fuel in the car that's necessary. Bassoff and Victor Scheitar performing um, heart in the mouth moments with the safety car, no doubt, coming dead out and really compressing the field up once again. Klaus Beckler coming home in second position in the end after a great opening stint from Egidio Perfetti. Thumbs up there from Alexi Bassoff, thoroughly chuffed with that after a good performance in qualifying this morning. And Ewan Hankey across the line in third position, sharing that car with Sally Yollock. So that's good points. Another podium for TF Sports. Francesco Castellacci is home in fourth position in the number 51 car. And he, in the end, finishes 17.8 17 seconds adrift of Victor Scheitar. And fifth position, we're still waiting for Nigel Moore to cross the line to complete his lap and to complete his race, indeed. So Alexi Bassoff will head to the podium in a moment and join his teammate Victor Scheitar. Uh, the other heart in the mouth moment of course was when Scheitar went a little bit wide at the corner that you can see there at turn two but the arm is out now waving to the crowd and we can get a bit of response to that race from Charlie George in the pit lane. Well, Alexi, from pole position to the flag that was just a perfect race. The car looks so strong. Yes, uh, this is... Uh gold helmets with this uh, race uh, super pole qualification it's good uh, weekend uh, good work smp racing uh, with uh, ferrari thank you very much mechanic and thank you very much my fans thank you thank you very much well done thank you thank you so alexi bassoff and victor scheitar have been with SMP Racing for a good while now. I remember Alexi Bassoff in the Ferrari Challenge a few years ago as well. That with SMP? Um, yeah. Was it with SMP? I think he might well have been with SMP. I think he's been one of their longest standing drivers. Victor Scheitar is uh, one of these guys, as we can see there, the final, uh, final order. 75 laps for the lead. So five cars and a minute between those top five. So, yes, uh, Bassoff continues to gain experience on these uh, impressive circuits, grade one tracks for things like the European Le Mans series and uh, obviously the uh, Michelin GT3 Le Mans Cup, aiding his step up the uh, sports car ladder. Congratulations to TF Sport, though, who get another podium after a great result in the opening round at Imola. And AF Corsa have managed to get one of their Ferraris into the top four as well, just ahead of Nigel Moore and Philip Hansen in the Audi R8 run from Tockwith Motorsports awning. But now the boards are out to receive Alexi Bassoff and Victor Scheitar's number 72 Ferrari. There is Klaus Bechler, the number 88 Porsche. And it'll be a little bit of a wait for Ewan Hankey now. Was it a fuel issue for the Aston Martin? Has the car made it round the lap, I wonder? It may not have been fuel-related. Here, Here it is now. So was it down into the reserve tanks? Did he make sure that that slowing down lap was particularly slow to make sure there's enough fuel left in the tank should there need to be a sample given? And it comes to a halt now as well. But definitely you and Hanky having to back off, possibly, or just making a mistake in the middle sector. Difficult to call as the door of the Ferrari goes into the side of the Porsche. Might be a bill from Mentos Racing because of that, but uh, 
I'm sure Victor Scheitart won't care a jot. It was a very impressive run indeed for Victor. A wave to the camera. And congratulations, I'm sure, in a moment or two from his teammate, Bassoff. And that's uh, Steve Bunkle, who was uh, Vector's engineer at SP Racing in their championship year win. And Steve now looks after the LMP3 cars for United Autosports. So uh, good to see them together again. Yep, in the United Autosports fleece. I'd recognise that bit. Don't know Steve personally, but. That's why we have you on board, you see. I think you know everybody, <laughs> don't you, Graham? Just about everybody in the pit lane. So it'll be thirsty work inside that cabin for Victor Scheitart, despite the cooling conditions now at the Red Bull ring. Klaus Bachler, no doubt, is quickly over to the team to get a quick debrief. Good to see handshakes, though, between you and Hanky and Victor Scheitart. Always big smiles from Victor. He's uh, uh, tempted back into motorsport by the S&P Racing Squad because of the way that the drivers are graded. And uh, coming back in as a silver driver has been a valuable asset to S&P Racing down through the years. And uh, he's just improved year on year on year. And there is Charlie George about to line up Victor Scheitar with the interview. And we'll give you in a moment or two how the points look heading away from Red Bull Ring to Paul Ricard. But let's hear from Victor first of all. Congratulations, Victor. Another win for the 72 car. It looked very strong. You were still pushing all the way through that. Uh, no, you know, I'm pushed uh, only last maybe 15 laps. I did one mistake in the third corner on the break. I don't know why, because I'm break, you know, like usually the same pressure and <laughs> I just... Uh, lost uh, the car but I just on the straight <laughs> and after uh, sorry I forget this word for English <laughs> after I come back and on the track and uh, I'm uh, so <laughs> I check car everything work okay and I push again and we win I'm happy I want to I want uh, say a big thanks to all my team, all my mechanic, engineer, my teammate. Everything worked perfect and we can win and I hope in the future we'll win again. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you and well done and your English is much better than my Russian. <laughs> <laughs> I think we could all say amen to that somehow. As uh, Well, yeah, congratulations to Victor. Great English language skills as well and... Well, in the championship, it's so, so tight now because uh, Bassoff and Scheiter have caught you and Hanky and Sally Yollock. The gap is down to a point. So we came here with Hanky and Yollock with a points gap. Actually not back to the Ferrari, heading to Red Bull Ring. But we're kind of in the similar situation, or at least TF Sport are. But they know they were in for a tight championship battle. And is this the point where the pendulum starts to swing towards SMP Racing? We'll have to find out. Uh, a whether they're doing Paul Ricard I'm sure, assuming they're on course now for the full championship season. Correct. Um, and you get the sense that that combination of Bassoff and Shaitar will be difficult to match. Well, behind, yes, absolutely right. But if they have a problem, that behind them it's very close indeed. You've got the the McLaren having not scored this weekend with 36 points, but then equal on 34 points the Mentos Racing Porsche and the 51 Ferrari are mm. right there within three points of those three cars. So it's tight, tight stuff if lead cars have a problem and let's face it that's happened twice in the last two races three yeah, races absolutely these, these races are very very difficult to predict 
We need not say that, uh, of course, for sports car fans. That's the whole reason we follow them, the unpredictable nature of a two-hour race. Let's think back then to five o'clock local time and the incident-packed first run through the corner. The 26 Ferrari, you can't really see in that shot, but it gives the Porsche a shove up the rear there. That uh, sends the Porsche into the rear of the McLaren 650S, turns it round on the spot. Sadly for Hiroshi Hamaguchi and Adrian Quaif Hobbs, their car out, eliminated at turn one. And there were several other damaged cars, not least Johnny Molem in his number 25 FF Corsa Ferrari, a front left dive plane uh, damaged, but also heavy vibration as well. It sent the tracking out, sent the steering way out, said Johnny Molem at the end of his stint. So it was hard work to get the car uh, into the position where well, it was leading the race, wasn't it, when it came in for its stop. There was much battling between, uh, at the time, Sally Yollock in the Aston Martin and Egizio Perfetti. Contact there, and also the, there was a bit more contact later on in the race as well. This is a fascinating battle to watch, though, and the behaviour of an Aston Martin versus a Porsche. Each of those cars finds its pace in different places around this lap. One being front-engined, obviously, the other one rear-engined, but also how they apply their power out of slow-speed corners and then also mid-range to top-range was fascinating with the Aston Martin with the advantage. That was the spin for Egidio Perfetti. Lost him second place at the time, but he squeezed back in into third behind the Aston. Off-track moment and a big one for the number five Lamborghini Huracan. Aida, well, just losing grip mid-corner there, coming out of Verth. Thankfully, the gravel trap did its job and it didn't find the barrier. And this was the restart after a second safety car with Johnny Molem easily picking off Philip Hansen in the Audi R8. And then it was fascinating to see Johnny Molem's rise through the order. More battling between Perfetti and Saleh Yolok. This was the second bit of contact as Egidio Perfetti tried to shoulder the Aston Martin out of its way, breaking for the second corner. That was the leader at the time, Alexi Bassoff, who we've heard from. And in fact, that was Victor Scheitart taking the race victory. The six drivers then, first, second and third places already on the podium. And the SMP racing overalls being displayed by Victor Scheitart and by Alexi Bassoff. Let's hear the national anthem. national anthem and there is a team representative there Egidio Perfetti and Klaus Beckler to their right on the left of the podium as we look at it and then the other two guys there with the yellow boots Sally Yolok stood next to him his teammate Ewan Hankey trophies readied on the edge of the step of the podium then and they will be presented in a, in a moment or two another very international podium as well five nationalities of the six drivers again almost as if it was planned <laughs> and there is the third place trophies then going to Ewan Hankey and Sally Yollock if you weren't around by the way for earlier broadcasts Graham's referring to uh, an eclectic nationality uh, collection for the Renault Sport Trophy it wasn't was. it where we had six drivers uh, each car of course with two drivers very similar to this championship but uh, all six were from different countries around the world 
really goes to, to, to show what sort of a, an international flavour one of these European Le Mans series weekends brings to uh, whatever part of the world they may be racing in. And increasingly so. We, we, it's finding friends in North America, it's finding friends in Asia, and it's it's great to see it coming together. There's uh, a plan, you know, it's great. Perfect to Shaitar, it's getting plenty of practice at this. Almost nonchalant, isn't he now, as he uh, <laughs> hoses down the rest of the, uh, the guys that have braved the podium. Trying to find uh, one or two victims to spray with the champagne. Looks like the TF Sport guys have made a swift exit there, but the two Mentos racing drivers, Klaus and Egidio, stick around. A clink of bottles and a well-deserved slurp of champagne there. That was their conversation at the start of the race. And it was smiles then, it was smiles two hours later, despite an action-packed first corner. Quite how that Porsche found its way actually through the rest of the debris and the rest of the carnage I'll never know but the damage coming on the rear end of that Porsche thankfully not at the front which can have a very sensitive radiator situated just behind that front bumper same can't be said though for the number 26 Ferrari popping the radiator almost on the spot a real troubled run for the number 14 Ferrari of AF Corsa the Delina driven machine in and out of the pits seven times in total but still hung on for points for seventh place that might prove crucial for later on in the season. So much to talk about heading away from Red Bull Ring then and the third round of the Michelin GT3 Le Mans Cup. Join us in about a month's time for the next round at Paul Ricard from Graham Goodwin and Johnny Palmer. It's goodbye. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMans.com.